All right, and we're back with another MMA podcast. They thought that the year was going to end without us dropping another one. Too bad. We're back. Jeff Yuma, Nate Miller, how's it going, guys? Yeah, it's going good. Uh, really excited about the upcoming UFC card. Um, overall, I'm also excited for 2020 to be just about over. I think a lot of people would probably feel the same. Yeah, man. I mean, it's this card's gone through a lot of changes, but I mean, it's still ending up to be quite the card. Like, you know, if you look over it, it's just like it's it's a stacked card, even even with a single title fight. But yeah, I'm looking forward to 2020 coming to a close, being Joshua Tree next week, having a good old time, and so yeah, bright future hopefully. And if yeah, you- absolutely. Who would have thought that the UFC would be ending their wild run of a year with a flyweight title fight? It wasn't that long ago when they were trying to shut this division down. Then Henry Cejudo, he had to come in and breathe a little bit of life back into the division. But I honestly feel like this uh, new champion, uh, Davison uh, Figueredo, he's the one that actually saved the division. So this is um, really interesting. And I'm uh, really curious to see how he performs. Uh, you know, he's coming back. On uh, like the quickest turnaround that a champ has ever done, and also Brandon Moreno, quickest turnaround for a challenger for a title. So this is going to be a really interesting title fight, and I'm really looking forward to it. But before we uh, talk about the main event, I kind of want to start at the prelims. Uh, Tisha Torres was scheduled to fight Angela Hill, which I was super stoked about because I'm a huge Angela Hill fan. Tisha Torres, I'm kind of over her. I honestly think she was on PEDs. Uh, sue me. But I'm just so bummed that Angela Hill had to get pulled from the fight, um, which is like definitely a bummer. So I'm really not excited to see Tisha Torres fight. And I don't even know who she's fighting anymore. Uh, the website says Sam Hughes, but I don't even know who that is, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I've never heard of Sam who- Sam Hughes, and she doesn't have a Wikipedia page. So I don't know. Yeah. It's, I mean, at least, she, I mean, it, it's kind of risky for Tisha because, I mean, if they. I mean, you got to have the assumption that they got someone that was like biting at the bit to jump into the UFC. So, I mean, or it could just be a can. I mean, you never know in terms of, you know, someone unknown. But, I mean, it's a good opportunity for Sam to really take the position from someone who, you know, home Jamie feels is, should be on the way out. Yeah. Put some new blood in. I mean, I'll be honest. I, I, would, I think from the sound of it, you were in the same boat as me. I was kind of rooting against her. Against uh, against Hill, but yeah, maybe Sam, maybe Sam Hughes will come and get it done. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, you never know. It could be a new contender, you know, like the early beginning. I mean, just I mean, even on the same card. I mean, I know it's later on, but like Kevin Holland's a good example of that too. You know, just kind of stepped up out of nowhere, like within this year, and look how big he's become. You know, so I mean, yeah, it, you got these type of opportunities that these people have been taking throughout this year. You can kind of see even Dana White shifting towards that, where they're not really too concerned about high-profile signatures, even though they got, you know, Chandler. But, I mean, overall, you know, they're really looking for the next big thing. Like, they're looking for up-and-comers. I mean, because MMA is always going to be a young sport. It's just the way it is. Absolutely. Um, Something crazy about Kevin Holland, right? So, I was looking into him a little bit, and something that I wasn't even thinking about is, he started his four fight run back in May. So oh, yeah. if he, mm-hmm. with, yeah, that, that, 
that's super relevant in my opinion. So if that guy can get through Jacare and win five, that'll be five in a row over the course of like seven months. And I've never even heard of that. I can't even imagine yeah. if COVID ever goes away, something like that ever happening again, you know? I think that's pretty remarkable. And as such, I would like to see him bit or bit. I'd like to see him beat Jacare just to witness something like that, but that's kind of further up in the card. So I jumped ahead a little bit. No, it's, it's yeah, all good. Yeah, I brought I, it up, though, but. <laughs> but speaking of Kevin Holland, we got to make sure that he is healthy and able to fight. It, it is really strange that they rebooked him so soon because he isn't even officially cleared of his, uh, you know, testing positive of COVID. Because you think about it, he was supposed to quarantine. Like, how the hell is he supposed to stay in shape and train when he's trying to recover from this virus? So it, it, it's really weird and strange that they, you know, pulled him from the uh, Hermanson fight and they're like, all right, cool. Like, we're just going to book him a, a couple weeks later without even knowing if he's going to be healthy enough. So I'm just like really curious to see if he's actually going to make it to fight night. Yeah. I don't know. I hope he does. I I think he's pretty exciting and I'd love to see it. Yeah. I mean, he could be asymptomatic, you know, so he's just not really feeling it, even though he has it. So, I mean, the only people he puts in danger are really the people he's training with. And that's even if they um, care, you know, themselves, you know, yeah. Kinda yeah. Tough to say. <laughs> we don't really know too much about it, but they don't seem too concerned about it going into, you know, I mean, tomorrow if they weigh in, he's there outside of, you know, another positive test. I think he's going to be pretty good. Just seems a little yeah, squirrely to I'm, me. Hey, I'm down, man. I just want to, I want to see the guy fight. I didn't, dude, I even forgot that he knocked out Buckley. Yeah. The guy who did that create that crazy knockout of the year, the spinning kick thing. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's how many, how many, how often people have been fighting. Like I just, like that was as recent as August and I almost yeah. completely forgotten about it. You know, it's kind of interesting because you can, that's kind of how like Kamzat got really big. I mean, from his like, you know, weak turnaround was pretty insane, but ever since yeah. um, he kind of got that stature where he got that high end, you know, like he's going jumping all the way to Leon Edwards. And, you know, I, it's funny because he was always kind of about, like, I'll fight anybody anytime. But as soon as that fight fell off, he was like, I'm going to wait for Leon Edwards. And I was kind of like, that kind of goes mm-hmm. counter to what you were saying. But oh, yeah. I get why. You know, I mean, it's such a big name. But what happens if Leon Edwards sits out for, like, you know, another half a year? Because he supposedly had really severe COVID. Like, he got actually, yeah. like, really bad. Well, dude, I think that, I mean, obviously, Hamza, he's, like, scary or whatever. I think he's been dodging uh, Neil Magny a little bit. 100%. Yeah. No, Like, everybody was saying that nobody wants to fight Hamzat. No one wants to fight Hamzat. From yeah. the jump, Neil Magny has been vocal about wanting to fight him. And I don't know why. Like, to me, he, he fills the – obviously, uh, he's not as high-ranked as Leon Edwards. But to me, Going it would have made 10. a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think he is a perfect test for someone like Hamzat because he's super well-rounded. I think he would beat Hamzat. He's yeah. he's he's too risky. The, the UFC doesn't like Neil Magny's fighting style. He, he's not going to be the one to go out there and just stand and bang with Hamzat. He's actually going to go out there with a real strict game plan, and the UFC knows that, and they don't want to risk having a, maybe a boring fight and having Hamzat lose to somebody that's not high-profile because – they want to put him in these oh, uh, matches yeah. against these higher uh, profiled opponents, the higher ranked opponents, because for the UFC, it, it's a win-win for them. Because if he goes up against Leon Edwards, no matter who wins that fight, there's a new, there's a star there, right? But if they put him up against Neil yep. Magny, Magny wins, 
They're like, oh, this guy again? Because, you know, Neil Magny has spoiled some people's <laughs> parties, and the UFC knows that. So I think that's why um, he's been calling for it, and he hasn't gotten it, because I think the UFC is low-key protecting Kamzat. Yeah. I mean, even Dana White was like, even like people would bring it up. He's like, yeah, for sure. Neil Magny has asked for that fight. hundred percent. He's like, no, he's like, cause he's, he mentioned like in interviews, he's like, yeah, a lot of people have been dodging Kamzat, but I want to state it that Neil Magny has thrown, even like when, um, uh, Leon Edwards fell off, you know, they still, um, Neil Magny said, I will step up for that fight. I have no worry, you know, and they could have saved it because of that, but you know, obviously there's a plan in motion that we're not seeing, you know, for sure. I didn't even know that Dana White acknowledged it. That's kind of yeah. cool. But okay, let, let's uh, kind of play out this scenario. If Kamzat Leon fight, uh, Kamzat wins, do, do they really push him to a title fight that soon? And granted, he has um, this crazy streak during, uh, you know, this whole year. Uh, you know, it, it's been pretty impressive the way that he's gone out and performed. Uh, but if, if he beats Leon Edwards, I I, I would I would say that's like his his only like um, legit win against a uh, you know high profile opponent. But to push him straight into a title fight, I think that'd be like a bad move to kill us to yeah. maybe kill a star uh, so fast. Because you think about who's at the top, uh, Kamara Usman, he's a really strong champion, and to put him up there, and it would be a fun fight obviously to watch this this guy kind of come out of nowhere and just start you know taking people's heads. But I feel like it would just kind of be like a bummer to kill him off so fast if he were to, um, you know, lose to Kamaru. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with that um, 100%. I think it would just depend. Like, say say he does beat Leon Edwards, right? I think it would depend on how he beats him. And what I think would make a lot of sense is the winner of that fight gets the winner of Masvidal, Kobe Covington. Either way. Yeah. Like, whoever wins or loses right there, I think those, any way you slice it, that ends up with a really, really cool matchup, and you can make that potentially a title eliminator. Because I, I feel like you have to have Gilbert Burns and Usman fight. Gilbert Burns, I'm kind of not stoked on him anymore. He, you know, got sick, which sucks, but... Uh, he's been kind of sitting out wanting to wait for this style fight and kind of holding up the division. Uh, and I, I definitely blame him. He shouldn't have got sick. Uh, maybe it was out of his control, whatever. Maybe that's not fair, but I, I'm just, I'm just not a fan of him. I, I, I don't see a scenario where he beats Kamaru. Cause when I look at Kamaru Usman, I feel like he does. He's just a better version of Gilbert Burns. I agree with that. I'm coming from the perspective of Gilbert Burns had his shot like already and the only reason he didn't get it is because he got sick uh-huh. so to me for the division to move forward it would make sense to make that fight happen because i'm looking at it uzman his he's beaten everybody besides burns he's he's cleared everybody out so i think if you had you make that fight and then winner of hamzat edwards fights winner of masvidal uh covington I don't know. I think that brings a little more clarity to welterweight. Yeah, I know that they're trying to target that fight for sometime in February. Uh, the Kamara Usman Gilbert Burns, which, which is interesting. Um, I'm not mad at the the uh, matchup, but it's just I I I feel like there's just been like if you look at the the top three, not counting the champion, you look at Colby Gilbert Leon, they've just been sitting there, and obviously. Uh, 
and I feel like they're all problematic, which sucks because I love Colby Covington as a fighter. I'm not really into his antics, the whole uh, MAGA stuff. Uh, it's not really my thing. I just love him as a fighter. I think his skills are amazing. Uh, might be, I agree. Might be, uh, you know, just as good as the champ. Uh, I'd definitely give him his toughest test. But when I look at the, the welterweight division, I'm like, man, I'm sick of seeing these same people in the same position. I, I just feel like there hasn't been a lot of movement, and it's just really frustrating because when you look at all the other divisions. Things are like, you know, people are moving up and down. There's so much activity, but it's just that that welterweight division. There's just not a not a whole lot going on at the top. And it's just very frustrating. Yeah. A lot yeah. of resilience. Yeah. A lot of people taking their time, you know, to, you know, it's like that's what I think is so refreshing about this year and why so many people actually kind of stood out and really shine this year. A lot of new talent because they are willing to step up and fight at any given moment, you know, and that like, you know, goes back to Kevin Holland goes back, you know, like they they're pushing themselves and really doing something they're passionate about. And so when you see someone who's just, I mean, yeah, you want to be champion, you want to be on the top of the thing, but I mean, you're still going to have to fight these people still have to develop yourself. And the more time you sit out, especially in MMA, the less, you know, people are going to forget about you. People are going to, you know, you're not going to be the sole focus that you were, you know, you got to keep riding that train and really building up that steam and building up that name. And that's why Kamzat, you know, when he fought like that three in a row, you know, and he really just, he was at the peak. Like, you know, he was like, people already were like, just fucking give him whoever, you know, like we want to see him fight somebody. But then, you know, now it's like, ah, I'm going to wait and things like that. And I kind of feel like you're going to start seeing it. You know, he started like doing the whole, because Ali, is his uh, manager too. So you start seeing like the same type of like, you know, like, Oh, like I'll see you here, you know, like sign the contract, do this. But then, you know, when it comes down to actually fighting kind of chose to wait again, you know, when I look at the welterweight division, when I look at the rankings one through 15, the one person I'm stoked on is Michael, Michael Chiesa. I feel like he has like legit, skills and he he could beat anybody in the top 10 uh, right now yep. uh, he, he's ranked uh, uh as of this recording he's ranked number eight but when i look at everybody ahead of him damian maya tyron woodley stephen thompson jorge masvidal leon edwards gilbert burns colby covington i think michael uh, kiesa can give those guys all problems yeah i wouldn't mind seeing him run back uh kiesa masvidal at some point i uh what's weird is Jorge Masvidal submitted Kiesa. I forget. I don't. I don't remember if he guillotined or Darce choked him. He did. It was a did Darce. something uncharacteristic because I don't really think of Masvidal submitting people that often. And when I think of Kiesa, I think of someone who's just a brilliant submission artist. You know, um, I think both of them have grown in different ways, and I think that would be a really intriguing matchup at this point. I just don't know if Masvidal would be inclined to take it because Kiesa yeah. doesn't exactly have a big name compared to his well i feel like masvidal's star is falling because he was yeah, obviously he was on top of the world when he got the uh, cover of the game but then when he took the title fight and just kind of got got whooped it, it wasn't looking good you know yeah, I, he should have chose the fight he should have fought again you know what i mean like especially at this point like he's had opportunity like he should have fought sooner you know what i mean the kind of like he is like, I, you know, we get he took it on short notice, but a lot of people aren't going to recognize that or see that, you know, they thought this yep. fool was the baddest motherfucker alive. And then they just saw him get manhandled and kind of not really do anything. He didn't really have any answers for Usman. And so everyone's like, all right, well, fuck that guy, you know. 
Yeah. It's unfortunate. That's just the way it goes. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of kind of crazy fights that have been happening and this kind of somewhat of a change of topic, but it's like a fantasy scenario fight. I'd like to see. I would love to see Masvidal versus Justin Gaethje at a catch weight. I think that would be the sickest fight. Yeah, they can yeah, do the one sixty five. Yeah, I would put my money on Gagey to be honest. I don't know. Yeah, it kind of depends. I mean, Masvidal. I mean, no matter what size is a pretty big factor, but um, it really depends on what kind of Gagey shows up, and you know what kind of plan Masvidal decides to do. And like, if he does want to just stand and bang, I think it's kind of be similar to Diaz kind of like Diaz just got kind of picked apart. There's no yeah. way, there's no way Masvidal can take down Justin Gaethje. It's going to have to be a stand up fight. Gaethje's too good at wrestling compared to Masvidal. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying things have been weird with COVID crazier, yeah. crazier shit has happened, you know? If it was truly to get weird, that would be something that I would want to see. I think that would be a crazy fight. I you just still want can't. To see Logan Paul versus McGregor. No, <laughs> uh, we're, we'll get there. Hold on, we'll we'll get there. Save <laughs> save the 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 Paul talk for. Um, we'll put that on the shelf for a second. But it, it's we can discuss that. Yeah, it's end of twenty twenty, and it's. I think a crime that they haven't restructured these weight classes. It, it, it's so yeah. frustrating to know that w- w- when you look at mixed martial arts as a whole, not every organization has the same weight class names for the, the um, amount of weight that people are. I, I was just listening to um, Demetrius Johnson, his interview with Ariel Hawani and their flyweight division over there in one championship. Their flyweight is 135 versus the UFC. Their flyweight's 125. And that's just kind of, you know, frustrating. Oh, no shit. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. And uh, Johnson was just talking about, he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm never cutting down to 125 again. And he was just basically explaining about how uh, he doesn't see the benefit in him just doing that to his body, especially with um, you know him getting older. So he's very comfortable at 135, which is fine because in the WEC and even the, uh, did he fight 135 in the UFC? No, I think it was just in WEC. Yeah, not- he fought 135. Um, or no, I, I, I'm an idiot. They yeah, didn't have did 125. Fight. Yeah, they, they didn't have 125. Demetrius Johnson. Yeah, yeah. He's 125. He's a, a yeah, but he fought champion. at 135 before they had the flyweight. Yeah. Oh, like at first. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, to to me, I was just like, okay, that's something that they should look into. Obviously, one is uh, you know, they they have it structured that way because of the weight cutting issues. So you know how they have their whole system's different when uh people say it's squirrely and it's not a hundred percent legit. And so I haven't really looked into it, but I, I would just like to see a whole restructure of the weight class. Like they should do, you know, one, you know, the, the 10 pound increments just so it makes sense all the way across the board instead of having these like big gaps in between the weight classes. Cause that's just kind of strange. Yeah. I, I mean, one fifty five for sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think also, and this could also be later on discussion, but I think restructuring the weight classes in the way that you're describing, Jamie, would result in a need for a bigger roster, and you wouldn't see so many people that are about to get cut. Because I saw something, like, obviously they cut Yoel Romero, and Dana White said in an interview that they're fixing to cut, like, another, I think, 40 or 50 fighters. Mm -hmm. I think if you had restructured weight classes, 
Um, everyone would be a little healthier overall and there wouldn't be, there wouldn't be people getting cut. I think you can make more fights that way and it would be better for business overall. Yes. I mean, it, it would take a little bit of getting used to for your average MMA fan, I guess. But I mean, you got to think MMA is in kind of a transitional phase. Dude, like 15 years ago or whatever the, the number of years was, you didn't have any women's divisions in the UFC. And now look, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like coming up would be a really great opportunity because they're about to end their Reebok deal. So they're about to introduce like this whole new uh, uniforms for the fighters. So why not just just kind of rip the bandaid off and just do this big change and just kind of bring everybody in and be like, hey, let's introduce these new weight classes, which means more champions, which means they don't have to do less interim titles. So I, I just see so many benefits to them doing that versus, uh, you know, uh, issues with them just adding these weight classes and just kind of restructuring because people recognize it. Like a a lot of fans know that those classes are, you know, those weight classes are out there and they're, you know, recognized by some athletic commission. So it's just uh, really frustrating that the UFC doesn't want to adopt that. Yeah. Well, dude, imagine how exciting that would be. Like say you, you introduce and you restructure, right. And you have, we'll, we'll use, 25, 35, 45, 55, 65, 75, 85, and, and up, you know, I guess, I guess you keep heavyweight and light heavyweight kind of the same maybe. Maybe you could find a way to throw another weight class in there. But for all of those new weight classes, you could have, like, a badass tournament to decide who becomes champion, right? Kind of like how Bellator was doing. And I think that would be so exciting to see the kind of moves that people in other divisions that may not have become champion like like imagine getting a tony ferguson and dustin poirier competing for the 165 title as well as people that maybe fight welterweight you know what i mean i think it would create crazy matchups and would generate kevin lee would benefit from that yeah yeah especially someone like him like or even uh an rda yeah, or even uh, Nate Diaz. Remember uh, him and Poirier were talking about how yeah. they, they wanted to fight for that belt, uh, and they're trying to force the UFC's hand to to create it for them, yeah. but it didn't happen in the end. But yeah, there's so many fighters that are in, you know, kind of uh, like with those uh, frames that you know kind of have to jump between because either they're too small or too big. Uh, there's so many fighters that that, that would benefit from it, and yeah, uh, Jeff, you mentioned earlier like the UFC's roster. They're talking about how they have like 700, like 700 something male fighters, and I'm like, damn, that's that is a yeah. lot of fighters. So yeah, to to have more weight classes, it, it would be way easier to you know spread those guys out instead of having to uh, cut a bunch of people. But I get that obviously uh, it's the money making business. Uh, the UFC's parent company, I guess they're like you know having money issues. Uh, but yeah, there's uh, obviously there's like a lot of business that we probably don't even, don't even understand or yeah. even realize that's going on. But yeah, I, I just wish that they would add those weight classes and just just do some restructuring. It, it wouldn't hurt. I, I just see there's I just see too many benefits for them to uh, you know not do it. It's just kind of frustrating. Dude, that shit would rip. I would be so into that, honestly. Yeah, but uh, going back to this card, we totally get past. What do you want to? What fight do you want to talk about next? Man, I'm I'm so nervous to watch Cub Swanson fight because I have such a soft spot for Cub because I used to um yeah. you know, used to train at his gym, uh you know and uh you know really nice guy I'll never forget uh, rolling jujitsu with him and he had 
he had his arm in like a trash bag sling type thing because he, he was hurt but he's like yeah like let's roll and he was just doing work on me with one arm and i was like i was just so amazed at like how good he is and i was like damn this is like so crazy to experience like what like a true black belt is like on the ground so every time he fights i always get nervous because it's just like dude like you know i trained at that guy's yeah. gym we watched you know i went to ufc like parties with him and stuff it's like super nice guy so anytime he fights i always yeah. get like real nervous and obviously he's not uh you know uh he hasn't been doing too well in his career and i, I just hope that he goes out there and wins because that's that's all i want for him is just for him to win and just get home to his family safe dude yeah oh you can go jeff i was just gonna say i'm with you on that and there hasn't been a cub swanson fight that i've watched where i haven't wanted him to win even like frankie edgar and i kind of i have a soft spot frankie edgar i wanted him to win that fight like i would love to see a guy like him on the come up not even notwithstanding the fact that like, you know, some of you guys know him and have trained with him, just some of the exciting fights that he has like put himself on the line for and yeah. like legitimately kind of sacrificed his body when maybe he didn't have to. Like that dude has been in some wars. Yeah. And I'd like to see him like really move up the ranks still if he could, you know? Yeah, he, he, yeah, I mean, his last fight was a win, so I mean, it's not like he's coming into this with a loss. I mean, he didn't have that four-fight losing streak, but um, I mean, going into this, he's had like quite a bit of time off because the last time he fought was October 12th of last year. So I mean, yeah. from there, I mean, he's had a lot of time to recover, a lot of time with his family. And he's looking really sharp. I mean, it looks like he's really taking this next part very seriously. So uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny because I, I always laugh because uh, one time we were watching UFC fights with all of him, and it was like one of the times like he started introducing his beautiful destruction tag tagline, and like uh, I was with uh, Carlos and and they were like you know kind of bringing it up, but but I made like I was talking to the wrestling coach, and like <laughs> I made this joke about like you know like they had like an EDR thing or something like that, and I was like oh. It, fucking coke and started doing some beautiful dancing as well and like i don't know he didn't like that joke too much so he actually was like brought up like he was like oh you want to come spar at the gym with me and shit i was like nah i'm okay <laughs> like I, I don't get involved in that stuff but i was like oh fuck hey but yeah uh, it, was it? oh go ahead man i didn't mean to interject sorry no you're okay but it, i was just saying like for us like out here he has the mural you know like in cat city it's like really nice you know him with timothy bradley i mean it's kind of just one of those things you know you're always going to root for the hometown guys i mean that's why like i i hope cub can come back i mean it is towards the end you know tailspin of his career but i think he still has a lot to bring he still looks in really good shape like he's really determined so i hope he he can pull it off yeah i i agree i mean he always looks extremely sharp in my opinion um obviously he's been caught a couple times by some crazy submissions that I think would catch almost anybody. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. yeah, I'd like to see him win too. Um, Question. uh, I don't know if you guys remember, Jamie, remember back in like 2007 or 2008 for a little bit of time, there were hardcore shows at like this MMA gym. (laughs) Did, Did Cub Swanson have anything to do with that particular gym? Yeah. 
Because I know uh, he, he did. That, was that where he trained? No, no. So that gym was in Cat City. So I I, I knew about that place because uh, Nate and I um I'm not sure if you know him, Jeff, but uh, there's this guy. Um, he's from the desert, but um he, he moved um up north. Uh, his name is uh, Brian Tyler. He actually used to train there. So and he didn't even know that there was shows going on there till uh, he just uh, saw like a flyer one time and like randomly showed up. But yeah, the, they all used to train at that place in Cat City. So I, I know exactly what you're talking about. No kidding. Yeah, because I dude, I remember at, at that show, one of the ones we played, there was a an MMA fighter there, like not even for the show. He was just like kicking kicking a heavy bag, and it was like the hardest I've ever seen someone kick in real life, and. I was hoping for a second that that was randomly Cub Swanson potentially because I didn't remember back then. It was such a long time ago, you know. Uh, but yeah, it could have been if I'm being honest. Because yeah, yeah uh, that's fucking crazy. Can I tell you about my uh, you know, memory of that show? Because there was a show that my old band Final Phase played, and then Beg for Life came up and played. But for some reason, the the singer at the time Eddie couldn't make it. So you asked me if I would be willing to fill in. Do you remember that, Jeff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's this dude. It's the same show. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> that night, of course, I remember. I felt so betrayed by my local scene because um, I don't remember the whole lineup, but all I remember was Final Phase played, and then right after Beg for Life played. So I'm up there with Final Phase. We're playing our set. Nobody's moshing, and I'm like, wow, this is fucking annoying and kind of shitty. Nobody's going off. So I'm like, whatever. Do the set. Uh, you know, try to give my best performance. And then right after, I go back up there, but this time I have Beg for Life backing me. I'm doing Beg for Life songs, and then the whole room is going off. And I'm like, wow, this is a hundred percent different from what I just experienced. And I was just <laughs> like, this is. I was like, okay, I was like, I get it. Nobody likes my band. Everybody's here to see Beg for Life. This is. It was just such a weird and interesting thing because I literally felt like the lowest of the low. But then, literally, the very next set, twenty minutes later, the whole room's going off. So I was like super stoked. I'm like, oh, this is what it's like to be in a good band. Wow! If if it makes you feel better, we have played our fair share of just awful sets that are like really awkward. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that just happens sometimes. Yeah. One of my my favorite memories. Sorry. Uh, I was gonna say one of my favorite memories. uh, Jeff Yuma booked my pop punk band. Uh, I was in a band with Carlos. I played keyboards. He booked us in this bar. And there was literally like five people that were there. Like we were the opening band. I was like, this is amazing. There's five people here in this random bar <laughs> to hear our pop punk band. This is so sick. Uh, yeah, you was weird. What were you going to say, Nate? No, I was just, I mean, it's fun. I mean, it's always like going to be how it is. It's just like, that's always the joke, you know, like when there's an opening band, like most people are just like, eh, we don't give a fuck. But, it, you know, eventually they get to that point where, they're the headliners and people are like, Oh yeah, I went to that show. Or like, and it's like general is like, did you even watch them though? Like when you're, they're starting out, like, I know you probably went to that show. I mean, it's always people. I always like to give people the, you know, the benefits of doubt. Like I'll listen to all the, like I always go early to shows, you know, just to check everything out. I mean, why am I going to pay for something just to see one band, you know? And, it, and if they were brought on generally, you know, it's by the request of like, you know, the total tour or whatever. So, it's just one of those things. It's it's always sucks being the opener, especially for if people aren't specifically there for you. But uh, I know you probably did your best, Jamie. 
it's all good. It, it was always fun. I, I was always uh, very happy whenever we we're able to play anywhere. I, I, I never took it for granted. It was always something that I wanted to do and experience, and it was a fun time while it lasted. I I, I, remember, I remember it being pretty fucking sick, man. Honestly, so take take that for for what you will. I guess. I appreciate that. Uh, so we're all going for Cub. Um, yes, Cub Swanson. We're, we're going to go up the JDS. You know, do you think? Oh. You think he's fed to the lamb? You uh, think this uh, is like his last, his last okay. like high profile fight? G, or excuse me, G, JDS is like a glass cannon. Like at this point in his career, because I don't think his durability is there anymore. So he his skills are still there. You know, he, he's still sharp. He can strike. He can wrestle. His cardio is fine. But it's that chin. If he gets hit, like I don't think he can take it like he used to. And, and this guy, uh, Surreal, coming up, I, I think he, he could get JDS. Yeah. That, that guy has submissions. He has, you know, KOs. He only has one decision. I mean, he's pretty he's pretty up and coming in terms of, like, MMA. But he's definitely uh, pretty, you know, I mean, he's pretty intimidating where i mean if people are already having him as the favorite in this fight even though jds is a former champ that's that's pretty uh pretty telling yeah. that fact he's uh he i thought i thought i saw him as like a minus 300 favorite too like pretty sizable yeah like people do not think jds is gonna win this fight which i think is not like i think he still has a good chance it's not like i mean especially a heavyweight pressure things like you know like jds can hit we we know that it's just if he can avoid taking damage you know like what has he improved what has he seen in his last fights where he wasn't successful and really improved i you know i I still believe jds is top tier fighter definitely can do it but yeah it's just this guy's fighting he's a young i mean i don't know if he's young but he's just has a lot of hype a lot of strength a lot of arsenal behind him so it's you know, it's kind of one of those things. I, I would like to see JDS win, though. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see that, too. And he also fights pretty frequently for the, for how often he kind of gets knocked out. Um, yeah. It, I'd have to look it up, but he beat Derek Lewis, like, as recently, not 2012, probably 2018, 2019. He beat, I think he knocked out Derek Lewis, actually. And Derek Lewis uh, yeah, is one actually of March defender. 2019. There, shit, there you go, man. I mean, heavyweights kind of like that, but I have a feeling with a bunch of people getting cut, he's kind of fighting for his job in the UFC with this fight. Like, if he yeah. loses to this guy, I think that puts him at like uh, four. three in a row or four four in a row. And, yeah, because he lost to Francis Curtis and then uh, Rosenstruck all by yeah, KO. But heavyweight's kind of shallow so who knows yeah yeah i'm rooting for jds because uh surreal yeah surreal beat my homeboy uh tanner boser my favorite canadian fighter right now so i'm I'm rooting against him for that i want jds to get revenge <laughs> for my canadians out there <laughs> and then we got now we're back to kevin holland versus Souza. i don't know what do you I know uh, Jamie's a big fan of Sousa. Are you going for your buddy, or are you? Hell, you think, think Holland's going to take You it? think I'm going to turn my back on Sousa? He got robbed in the Yoel Romero fight. He should have won that fight, and he got robbed. So uh, I just want to start there. He got pieced up by Whitaker. Fair, fair play. Whitaker is uh, amazing. 
Uh, but yeah, he, he's just, he should have never gone up to light heavyweight and it just, I just wish he would have just stuck to, you know, uh, being a, a really talented middleweight, but you know, uh, these things happen. People uh, get later in their career and they think that's the move to have a fresh start, go to a different division, but that, that's not always the right move. So things happen. And if you look at the, you know, split decision loss to Jan, who's now the champ, you know, it's, it's not that bad. So for Jacques to have yeah. some, to have some time off to, you know, maybe refocus, maybe heal up some, some injuries. I, I think this is a great fight for him to, to come back to fight this up and coming um, young gun. Who's just blazing through the division. This is a, a, a perfect test for both of them to see where they're at in, in their careers. Like is Jacare going to uh, make it over this, uh, you know, two fight losing skid and just, uh, you know, cement himself as still a top middleweight contender. Or is Kevin Holland going to prove that he's the real deal and he's just going to take out this, uh, you know, take out the old guard and prove that there's this, um, you know, fresh new young blood in there and that he might actually be ready for Izzy. Who knows? I think uh, it's a scenario where Jacare, he's got to get it to the ground if he's going to win. And if Kevin Holland can, can stop the takedown and keep it on his feet, I think he just smokes him. But, Hey, I've been wrong before. Yeah, Sousa's uh, Sousa's hands just haven't been as good as they used to, and he, he's a little slower now too. So I I would prefer him yeah. to go back to his submission game. Um, like he can strike. Uh, obviously his last um you know his last win was a knockout, but I would like to see him go where um his strengths are and test uh Kevin Holland's jujitsu. Because uh, Jacare has great takedowns, like he, he has great setups and yeah. uh, very dangerous on the ground. But yeah, I I would I would like to see it go to the ground, but I think uh, he could fight anywhere. Uh, but it's just going to be a really interesting and uh, you know one of my more exciting fights, the ones that I'm anticipating because I love Jacare Souza. Yeah, it's an interesting matchup. You know, I, I think Souza definitely would win if he takes it to the ground submission. I mean. That's it's like kind of the thing like some like you get kind of caught up in what you're not like you know they want to strike because they want to prove that you know they're well rounded but sometimes you know if you're really good at submissions really good at like jujitsu and things like that go for it you know focus on that there's a lot of high tier fighters that you know are you know not I'm not saying Susan's one dimensional but you know where if you have a strength lean into it you know like lean into that submission game because especially with Holland, we've seen him kind of be, you know, in these decisions drawn out, you know, maybe wasn't looked too impressive, even against no name, you know, competition. So if you kind of like see that, I'm like, all right, I'm going to take this guy into deep waters and really, you know, grind him out, really like make him always thinking, doing submission, trying to grab a submission. I think you might frustrate him, might win just because, you know, he's the veteran Sousa and, you know, he knows he's been in that situation how many times. And, yeah, I think that's the key to victory for Sousa. I hope Sousa wins, to be honest. I can see it. 100%. So we're all – wait, are we all going Sousa, or is it just me and Nate? Uh, I want I I want Holland to win because okay. I want to see the man get five in one year. But yeah. I think I think Sousa – I think Jacare is super live in this fight. Okay, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be a great middleweight fight, and I'm definitely looking forward to uh, seeing that one go down. But our next fight, so yeah, Mackenzie Dern. Ooh. I mean, honestly, I, I she's I, I think she's gonna win. I don't I don't even 
What? I, I think she's just finally kind of getting it together. What? And I think yeah. she's going to roll through this person. I mean, I I don't know offense. Are you? I mean, uh, Verna is really good. I mean, she only has one one loss. Yeah. Did you see as well? I mean, it's, the disrespect. She whooped on Felice Herrick. Come on, bro. Yeah, Felice Herrick's not that great. Yeah, she is. You're crazy. I, I think this fight is going to be exciting because it, I have a feeling it's going to be uh, super grappling centric. Um, in the past. Like like the last time we talked, uh, Mackenzie Dern had just like brutally submitted somebody that like fell under her guard for no reason, right? Uh-huh. And um, Birna, I think that's how you say her name, is seems to be pretty badass on the ground. I think she would want it to be on the ground. So I think we could see some cool grappling. Um, yeah. I think if that happens, Mackenzie's better, and we'll end up winning via submission. But I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk like some of the other fights he's had. You know, when I look at fighters like Mackenzie Dern and Virna, and then I look at the top of the division, when I look at the champ, Wei Li Zhang, I'm like, is is, <laughs> is there even a point to, to compete? Should they just hang it up? Because I, I don't see either of those fighters closing that gap. Wei Li Zhang bombs on both of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wei Li hasn't been fought for a bit either though i'm kind of curious when her next fight's gonna be she's Dude, she's, she's cooling out bro whaley zang versus Shevchenko. that's what i want to see yeah Dude, just give it, dana white's kind of suggested too give it time Did he really yeah, super, yeah. super yeah, fight like one of the matchups he was talking about hell yeah oh i'm down dude i i can see it happening but she just has to beat rose which is true. Which would be an interesting fight. Honestly, I love Rose. I, I love Rose so much. I, I followed her in, in the Ultimate Fighter, uh, but I just don't see her taking out Wei Li Zhang. I think Wei Li Zhang is just, uh, just like she's just really strong for the division. And yeah, her, I, and I, in my opinion, I think she's a really great durability. We saw that in the fight yeah. against um, you know, Jacek. They were just going, they were going at it. And I think if she was in that kind of fight with Rose, Rose wouldn't be able to hang. No. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think Whaley Whaley wins that just because, as we could clearly see, like I think it's going to take a lot more than a female UFC fighter to knock her out. But um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you got to fight Rose, but Whaley Zhang versus Ioana—that's one of the best mixed martial art fights I've ever seen in my life. It was really entertaining. Like, yeah, for, like uh, get rid of not even like gender specific, like just fighting in general. I it's one of the best I've ever seen. It was incredible. Yeah, I remember our reaction to that it was just seeing her face swell up. JJ, I was like, holy god! Like, yeah. It was turned her into a like she looked like a Klingon, like from Star yeah, Trek. Like, yeah, sure for it. Yeah, yeah it was it was scary. Like I, I was almost like, dude, this should stop the fight just for the sake of her head, you know? Like who knows what kind of trauma is in there, you know? Like it, it wasn't even like oh, God. it was just a lot of blood. It, it looks like a Simpsons character, but in real life, just the hematoma. Ew. Yeah, yeah, but it was dude, like it, a bad one, man. <laughs> it, it added an entirely different dimension to her head, dude. Hundred percent. Okay, but before we get off this division, uh, I. I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, there's uh, another fighter in that division, ranked number three. I'm going to butcher her name, uh, Yan Jiao Nan. And another fighter coming from Asia. 
she's called for the Whaley fight. She's on a, a winning streak. She just beat uh, Claudia Gadelia, beat Carolina, Cobble yeah. Kacek, and beat Angela Hill. Like th- three very impressive wins. Uh, she's right up there, ranked number three. Like she could easily, I, I could see her fighting uh, Young Jacek next, w- which I think would be really an entertaining fight. But it also <laughs> bums me out too because. I love Ioana, but she just hasn't had an easy go. And obviously it's hard um, when she's in the division that she, yeah. she is because there's so many talented fighters like you, and especially being a former champ and uh, having the kind of streak that she did, like there's no easy fights for her. It's all just, you know, tough and it's just nonstop. And it, it's going to be a rough go if, if she gets uh yawn next. Cause uh, I think she loses. I, Hey, I'd like to see that fight. I don't know who wins or loses that. I mean, I had, yeah. I I think if Joanna's face wouldn't have gotten kind of like deformed mm-hmm. temporarily, that maybe the judges could have scored that differently. I don't know. I don't know, man. But to have to do that and then fight Jan, that's just that's just kind of a rough go at it. Kind of sucks. <laughs> but okay. I mean, that's fighting. Well, Jeff mentioned super fight. He wants to see Shevchenko. What I'm really curious, I want to see Zhang go the other way and give real competition to Amanda Nunes because we've seen what Shevchenko, we've seen what Shevchenko can do to Nunes, probably gave Nunes her toughest fight, and now she's two weight classes below. And you think about Wei Li's size, uh, similar size to Valentina, uh, you know, not that that much uh, smaller. So I think she could uh, hang with Amanda, and I think that would be an insane super fight. Uh, Down. And- yeah, dude. So me thinking about it right now, I'm like, holy shit! Like, it would be just legendary. Because yeah. think about Amanda Nunes taking out another champion. N- nobody's ever done that. Taking out that many champions in these yeah. super fights. Yeah, you you know what? I think you just sold me on it, man. I I think I would like <laughs> to see that more. That's, Honestly, dude. Yeah. Th- that, I mean, who else is Nunes going to really fight? You know? I don't know. But <laughs> I mean, I mean, she's supposed to fight. Um, what's her name? Megan Anderson, right? Uh, that was supposed to be the next fight. No, Megan. yeah. Oh yeah, um, but Megan, she got she she got whooped on. She she lost to yeah. um to what's her name? Why am I blanking on her name? Um, somebody somebody chime in. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I don't remember. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you could have Amanda Nunez go freaking beat up Shane Burgos or Bryce Mitchell or something. <laughs> That'd be kind of crazy. Oh, I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I was thinking. <laughs> you mentioned Megan. At- Felicia Spencer was the one who last beat her, but um, yeah, <laughs> Megan Anderson won her last two though, so she's she's back in the win column. Yeah, I was mixing her up with um, what's the girl's name? She trains out of Vegas. She she uh, oh, uh, is she like Irish? Why, why am I? I'm I'm really uh, yeah. So I know who you're talking about. What the hell is um, her name? I'm trying. This is so bad. This is embarrassing. Oh, Calderwood, Joanne Calderwood. That's who I was thinking yeah. of, not Megan Anderson. Excuse me. Um, but I hate Megan Anderson. Yeah, she kicking people's eyeballs out and stuff. Uh, not not, oh. not a fan. I'm so salty. I love Cats and Gano so much. Um, but but it's all good. Shit happens. Dude, you make a good point, man. There's something about kicking a person's eye out that makes them kind of unlikable. Like, I totally stopped liking Buter Belfort after I realized that he blinded Bisbing when he was uh, on roids real bad. Yeah. Like, Scumbag. I am not a Belfort fan because of that. 
Same here. I, I'm dreaming of the day that I cross paths with Michael Bisbing because he lives out here in Orange County. Uh, you know, we're just two local Orange County guys, and I'm just waiting for the day that I cross paths with him. And I just want to fist bump him or shake his hand because I I love everything that he does. Like yeah. Michael Bisbing is amazing. Great. Straight up. Like one of my favorite. And I'm so happy that he was able to attain the UFC championship because I, w- I w- would have been so sad if he would have had to call it quits and not have gotten that belt. He, uh, yeah, no, I, that's one of my favorite UFC arcs, like historically. It's super incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually saw Bisbing in real, in real life one time. Okay. Um, I went to that Kane Velasquez versus Francis Ngannou oh. beatdown. Why? And, uh, no. Like, <laughs> I wanted to forget I, like, that. I saw it in person <laughs> in Arizona, uh-huh. but Bisbing was announcing it. And, dude, he walked by me to go into the pisser and, like, I was in line, but Bisbing like got to cut the line because he had to go up there and like, you know, do his job. So they they like had someone to walk with him and let him through. Mm-hmm. He's like kind of big. Like it's crazy to me that that guy was a middleweight. He's like I'm five nine, five ten. He had to have been a couple inches taller than me. Looked like he probably weighed two hundred and twenty pounds. It was kind of remarkable. Very deceptive. Yeah, it, it yeah, is crazy. I kind of like that when you meet certain people. Like, you think mm-hmm. they'd be a lot bigger or things like that. Like, Sylvester Stallone, like, I'm taller than, than Sylvester Stallone, Come you know? On. And if I ran into him, he'd be like, what the hell? That fool's whack. <laughs> we're, we're talking about, I'm talking about, a, we're talking about real athletes, and you're going to bring up a fucking Rambo? Michael Bisping would whip Rambo. Let's be honest. Uh, Hold up, Nate. What? Dude, so for you, Jamie. Jamie! running from the ring looking for your ass shut up i do do not i don't give a (laughs) shit about sylvester stallone i would be more excited to meet michael bisming than sylvester stallone i don't know man i i watched the most recent uh rambo movie and like a total nerd wore like a first blood shirt we pre-gamed the parking lot like drinking beer listening to first blood like all crazy and corny or whatever okay but that movie it's literally like home alone but super violent and for like adults and it's kind of funny i have not seen i it. think that's pretty cool i'll look into it i gotta add it to the to my long list of movies that i have to watch but uh, i mean if home alone for adults doesn't sell you i don't know what will but a couple months ago about that hold on i know this is another side thing but they were talking about doing the home alone reboot with macaulay Culkin, but making it on the day of the purge and he's like protecting the house <laughs> but like from the purge rather than like <laughs> and i was like damn that's a good idea <laughs> i'm curious how leave it alone make it funny when he's like a grown adult <laughs> leave it alone there's no there's no way to make it funny it, it would just be a weird <laughs> twist okay here's yeah. home alone what it's just gonna be called home alone or home alone because there's but what, there was like four or five home alones purge Dude, I've, for- I've only seen the first two but, dude, if you bring Macaulay Culkin back, make him one of the fucking sketchy burglars. <laughs> Could do that, too. I don't know. So, uh, man, we're, we're we're at the co-main event now. Wait, hold on. Before I move on. Sorry. I, I just have to... I keep derailing <laughs> No, I'm it's so totally sorry. fine. This <laughs> no, is amazing. No, it's a mixture. But we're just going with the flow, man. Yeah, this is amazing. I just want to tell my quick story about meeting a UFC fighter recently. I was... Uh, the end of October, early November, I was on vacation in Florida my annual uh, Halloween trip to Disney world. I was there with some friends. We were in Disney Springs. We we're in the world of Disney store checking out and I'm just minding my own business. We're uh, leaving the line and I spot Nina Ansaroff holding a baby 
and Amanda Nunes just pushing the stroller and they're just walking up to the line. And I'm like looking around and I realize like, oh shit, the people that I'm with don't really like MMA. So nobody's going to care. So I'm like, whatever, I'm just going to go say hi. So I, I walked over and I, and like, I, I didn't like want to make a big deal about it. So I just kind of walked up to her and I was like, Hey, I was like, Amanda Nunes. And she kind of looked over and was surprised that I knew who she was. And I was just like, Hey, I was like, I love everything that you do. You're amazing. And they're both just like, Oh, thank you so much. And then it was just like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm leaving. Cause I don't want to make like a big deal. Cause like they had like, they had their new baby and obviously I'm not trying to cause a scene. So they were like really polite and really yeah. nice. And I was like, holy shit, that's like the pound for pound, you know, like one of the pound for pound greats ever. And she's like one of the nicest people in the world. And it was just such a crazy experience just cause I, I'm at like, you know, I'm on vacation. Obviously she lives in Florida, but I, it was just something that I wasn't expecting at all. And I remember I like ran outside. I called Nate cause like, it was like, yeah, I, don't, uh, I was going to mention that. Yeah. yeah I, I called Nate. I was like, Nate, I just met Amanda Nunez and Nina. It was, it was fucking crazy. It was so cool. I, it was such a pleasurable experience. Cause I was like nervous that they were going to be like kind of rude or something, but they were just, yeah, nice. it, it was amazing. Yeah. Did uh, I think as long as you approach it the way you did, you know, like uh, generally, like as long as you don't like, as long as you just give them props, like you're like, you know, like let them engage you if they want to continue, you know, fine. But if, you know, just tell them, Hey, I like what you do. I really appreciate it. Like I'm, a, I'm a fan, you know, that's all I want to say. That's all, you know, I don't want to bother you. Just, you know, keep doing what you're doing. I'll always be there to support you. A lot of people really like that, you know, because you're kind of, you're not just freaking out on them or expecting them to do shit for you. You know, that's like the biggest thing. It's like people go up and go, could you sign this? Could you do this? Could you do that? Rather than just actually treating them like a normal person, like, Hey, keep doing what you're doing. We, we, you know, we're big fans. Yeah. Uh, I agree. It's, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I would not like want to punish them for them just trying to have a good time. But, uh, Jamie, I got to ask, did you acknowledge Nina as a fighter? No, because she was holding. Uh, oh, wait, uh, hold on. Does, t- <laughs> t- to be fair, she was holding their brand new baby, so I didn't want to get like near her because yeah. obviously, like, what's going on? And we were in Florida, no, so sure. so she was like, she, she was holding the baby, so like, you know, obviously they, they see me, some like weird tattooed guy. Obviously, they have tattoos too, but they just see some weird guy yeah. in Disney who knows who they are. Like, they're probably kind of like you know bracing for some weirdness, but I I just wanted to keep it really chill, and I don't want to just like you know be there like holding up the line and like talking because because I don't want to yeah. like draw attention to me talking to, to them and then people wondering who they were and just create this whole thing so I, I just had to make it very brief and uh you know because like when i was like crossing paths with them uh, amanda was closer to me and like i said i didn't want to just stand there and like they had the baby and stuff so like i was just trying to be uh you know socially distanced and uh because yeah, because I want to kill the baby or do something weird. I, I just wanted to, you know, just give them their props. Oh my god, that's not a sentence you had to say. That's not, that wasn't gonna happen. Oh my god, it could have. I don't know. I don't know. I, I was just trying to. Oh I was just trying to do the right thing. Well, yeah, that's gonna be played in your court freaking case right there. Jesus. Well, I I asked that because you got to think that that interaction probably happens a lot. And Nina, she's a fighter. Yeah. And Top she five. probably just gets overlooked every time. Yeah. Everyone gets excited for Amanda Nunez, but not her. Well, that's what happens. Yeah, it, it comes it to the territory. Yeah. yeah. Like, you got to expect it. If, if you want that recognition, Nina Ansarov, you got to fight your way to the top. You got to take out Wei Li Zhang. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> it ain't going to happen, but good luck. <laughs> oh, yeah. She, she's going to get, Nina Ansarov's going to get whooped by Wei Li, and then she's going to call call up Amanda, like, yo, Honey, I just got beat up. We, we got to book a super fight. You got to get revenge. You got to you got to fight for my love. That's what's gonna happen. Nina Ansarov ain't, ain't gonna ain't gonna touch Wei Li like that. 
That that's how it's gonna go down. Somehow Nina Ansaroff's yeah. gonna get by Carla. Carla's like I don't even know how she's still up there. She's she's the worst. How is Carla as far as in the top five? She's one of the, the worst fighters up there. Uh, I I apologize. Uh, th- that is really rude. She's the OG champ. Yeah, you know, disrespect her like that. Dude, she's a her head's too round. Uh, I I don't like her. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know how she's still in the top five. This is just blowing my mind now that I'm looking at it. But Nina Ansaroff. Cakewalk. She'll get by Carla, and then uh, she she won't have to fight Yan because Yan's gonna already have fought for the belt. Uh, but then Nina, she'll choke out Yoana because Yoana's already dusted. She's done. And then Rose is gonna just decide she doesn't want to fight anymore. So boom, she just has to fight. She just has to beat Carla Esparza. Then she gets her title shot because the rest of the division will be gone by then. Uh, and then she's gonna lose. And then that's how the super fight's gonna happen. That that that's my prediction, dude. But what <laughs> if she, what if she wins though? Like something yeah. happens. And she becomes champ. Maybe she doesn't have to fight Whaley thing. She becomes champ some other way. Something catastrophic happens or something. Oh. Amanda Nunez, Nina Ansaroff, side by side, champs, and together in a relationship. That'd be the hardest power couple, like, in uh, ever. Then they would fight. That's true. The, the super fight of all super fights. <laughs> and then they fight. <laughs> this is how it I goes down. one of them cooks. Oh. Like, who cooks and cleans? I don't know. I bet they both do it because they. Oh yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, they're not going to force these gender roles on each other. Like I'm, no, I'm the pound for pound champ. So you have to cook. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't think it goes down like that. I like speculation at that point. <laughs> Jeff oh just gosh. trying to take us down a dark road. He's trying to get us in trouble. <laughs> No, I know, man. Oh, no. Hey, uh, so Tony Ferguson, Charles Oliveira. Oh my God, I'm not. That's a, that's a, that's a crazy fight, man. Oh, this is this this fight has me so nervous because okay, first hey. first of all, real quick, I am biased when it comes to Orange County fighters. Tony Ferguson trains 20 minutes from where I live, so I want him to win so bad, but he doesn't have an easy matchup. So it, this has me really nervous because. I I did not see Tony losing to anybody in this division ever. But then obviously his last fight was really, really hard to watch. And then just this, this is his comeback fight and it's not against somebody easy. It, it, this just has me so nervous. Yeah, but he also, I mean, that was the biggest thing I had with the last fight is that he cut weight twice. And I was just, he just kind of looked like he gasped towards the end i mean he did take a lot of damage but he's always kind of taken some damage and still been able to keep his cardio but for whatever reason he just kind of looked like a shell of himself in that gaichi fight towards the end and kind of just feel like you know gaichi did what he was supposed to did everything right he was well prepared and i think ferguson just being who he was maybe a little overzealous cutting both weight twice you know it's just kind of ridiculous on his part but uh, honestly, Oliveira, that fool is going to be a tough matchup. I mean, that's the thing. They're both good grapplers. They're both. But I mean, I, honestly, I think Oliveira uh, has the better jiu-jitsu, personally. I think he, if it gets to the ground, I think Charles can do it. I honestly think he, I mean, just if you look at his record, I mean, just the amount of submissions he has. Of the, and he's a big guy, you know. He has trouble cutting this weight. And um, that was actually one thing Ferguson said. If he doesn't make weight, he's not going to take the fight. Like, he's not going to, they're not going to continue it. Like, he won't do it on short notice with, you know, with uh, if Charles doesn't make the actual lightweight um, minimal. 
And so it's kind of interesting to see, you know, what kind of Ferguson shows up, what kind of Charles shows up, because, I mean, he's been on a tear. He is, you know, he's always been really good, but I think he's finally figured it out. I think right now he's the best he he can be. And so, uh, I mean, I, I personally want Ferguson to win. I think it, he is just an interesting, crazy character and just, you know, really talented overall. So, I mean, I, I just hope he wins. But, man, it is tough. It's it's hard to call for sure. I think it's going to turn into just a war like that, like what happens all the time with Ferguson. And I think Ferguson is going to win – a very hard-fought but decisive decision. I think lucky for them that this is a three-round fight. They're yep. so lucky this isn't a five-round fight. So, I mean, that's one thing going for Ferguson, I think, beyond everything else. It's that this isn't a five-round fight. He's been in so many five-round fights lately that he doesn't need to worry about the gas tank as much. I mean, he already has a hell of a gas tank, so I think he can really put it on. Uh, Charles, which is what he needs to do. He needs to strike. I mean, definitely striking, he's way above Charles, and I think he really needs to lean on that. I I agree with that. Um, I think the biggest key for him to to win, just because obviously Oliveira is super badass. In fact, fact, I mentioned him in our last episode as a dark horse, kind of. And I think it all depends on Tony Ferguson's mental health and how he bounces back like mentally from that Gaethje fight because leading up to the Gaethje fight he you know had some issues that took him out of the UFC for a little while and hopefully he hasn't had to deal with that behind the scenes after taking such a crushing loss and hopefully everything is good in that department and he's in a good place to fight I honestly think that it being a three round fight is more of an advantage for Oliveira because Tony has proven that he, he has the, the gas and he can go five rounds, no problem. Uh, and he's yep. outworked a lot of his opponents. So I, I think the fact that they don't have to go the full five, that's a benefit for Oliveira because uh, Tony would, you know, would want to smother him and take him to those deep waters, those championship rounds. So for, for them to have three rounds and they have to just get at it. I, I hope we see, uh, Tony Ferguson going there and just get after it like he has in the past. And uh, I hope he's not hesitant to to pull the trigger, whether it be to go to his snap jujitsu or to, to, to box. Cause I, I just want to see, you know, Tony Ferguson prove why he was like so feared before that Gaethje fight. Uh, but also at, at that same breath, like Charles Oliveira, he, he has proved that, uh, you know, him going back up to, or going back up to the lightweight, he's he's doing so much better. Like, I think what uh, he's on a how many fight win streak? What two, four, six? So out I think of he's this, like six. Uh, I think it's seven, right? Seven, two, four, six, six or seven. Um, uh, so, so I, I think it's seven. seven. Oh, seven. 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 I, I, I can't even count. Kevin Lee, and honestly, you know what's the craziest part? Everyone has been a finish. Every single one that he's won in the past seven yeah, has been a no finish. Shit. Yeah. So I mean, that's a. I mean, Ferguson is fighting a very tough fight. I mean, that's why I, I don't know. You know, it's a toss up. I mean, you would think. I mean, going into before Gaethje, you would think Ferguson would just run through everyone, and that's. This is one of those fights where you're kind of like, I don't know. You know, 
it's like I I could see it either way. Well, yeah. Ferguson's uh, Ferguson's in that same position, like I mentioned with Ioana. He has uh, you know been the interim champ. He's cemented his spot at the top of the division, and there are no easy fights up there because look at him. He's ranked third. The two people before him, Gaethje, Poirier, and then just below him, McGregor and Hooker. There's not an easy fight in sight, so it, it, it's going to be a hard road for him, uh, you know, to stay and maintain his position. So I'm like really curious to see how he comes out and performs. I I'm rooting for him. Obviously, like I said, I'm, I'm biased for the Orange County fighters. Uh, I I, I want to see him make it to the top. Obviously, the it's, the champion's still in limbo. We're not sure what's really going on with him. Is he really done, or is he going to come back for one more to chase that thirty and zero? it's going to be interesting, but you know, I'm, I'm really excited to to see this. This kind of gives me the same vibes um, when Tony Ferguson fought Edson Barbosa back in the day when, when they're both just coming up and I'm like, Holy shit, this fight's going to be insane. And that fight was bloody and it was, it delivered. Yeah. So I, I'm hoping that that's what uh, this next fight's going to play out. Like I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for Ferguson, right? I, I'm for sure wanting Tony Ferguson to win this fight. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it from an optimistic point of view. I'm looking at it with the hope that taking a loss like that to Gaethje reignited a fire in Tony or maybe lit a fire under his ass or made him even more motivated than he may have been before. And he's going to go in there and try and prove a point and maybe just beats the piss out of Oliveira. That's a possibility too because Tony Ferguson's hard, man. And yeah. I'm hoping that's the kind of kind of Ferguson we're gonna get. Yeah, think about before the Gaethje loss, his last loss was to Michael Johnson, and that's because he he broke his arm in the fight. And look at the run that he went on after that, and he even got that win back against Johnson. So it's yeah, uh, it, it, it's crazy. Uh, he's never lost two in a row. So I'm hoping after that Gaethje performance, he kind of just had time to refocus obviously it's, it's been a weird year for everybody but I, I hope he's able to have gone back to uh you know his old ways if that is even a thing i i, I just want to see him come back and have great success because i'm a uh you know outside of being biased i'm like an actual tony ferguson fan yeah 100 percent. yeah it's I hard mean, not to be who, who wouldn't be an mma you know what i mean he's such a <laughs> such a very polarizing character but he's also a very talented individual you know especially in the sports of mma he does things that just are unorthodox and very different and i think that's what's always going to shine in a fighter like that All right. yeah no he's he's badass man um he he's he's for sure a a fighter well i try not to miss ufc cards in general but i would miss if i had to certain things to be able to watch him fight because it's always good or i would or if i'm at a function and i can't get anywhere i'm just gonna pull up my phone and freaking stream that shit illegally and try and watch it while everyone else is doing something else you know yeah that's yeah, that's I jeff streaming totally it illegally not jamie or Kay. <laughs> <laughs> just so they don't come after me <laughs> um He's like, I have ESPN Plus. I use a uh, Nate's account. Yes, but hundred percent, hundred percent. That's that's exactly what I meant. <laughs> my my, my, my no, crackstreams dot com. <laughs> so, um, if you think a lot of people are saying that this might be setting up, like even though it's not an official like tournament, 
they're saying like whoever wins between Ferguson and Charles and whoever wins Poirier and McGregor, those two will meet and that will be for the championship. Because a lot of, I think a lot of the rumor is that Khabib, if he's going to come out, it's going to be for something special and it would be for, you know, GSP. They, because a lot of people consider it. Because that's not, the not fight that GSP, was yeah. in cock. Even GSP brought it up that, you know, he doesn't want to push him out of retirement for that if that's what he wanted, you know? Because he was under an assumption that he wasn't going to retire. UFC, they don't like GSP. It's it's not going to happen. GSP screwed over the well, UFC. What I was saying. It wouldn't be for the fight. It wouldn't be for the belt. It'd be like a catch weight, like 165, you know? Another reason to make that weight class. Yeah. There's no way... For Khabib to come back and not fight at lightweight, that makes no sense. Well, you think you fight Ferguson if he wins? Well, okay. Um, going back to GSP, GSP has done test cuts to 155. Uh, Faraz Zahabi has been on Joe Rogan multiple times. They've talked about that they've kind of prepared to do that cut because uh, George wants challenges, and for him to be able to go down to that weight class, it, it's it's possible. So that was a real idea. But UFC won't do it because, like I said, GSP screwed them over in his last two outings. So I don't think they would ever book that fight. But I think the fairy tale story would be, uh, okay, have this mini tournament or whatever. Uh, Tony Ferguson versus Charles Oliveira, Poirier versus McGregor. Uh, you know, winners fight each other. I I would like to see Ferguson come out and fight Poirier because I think Poirier beat McGregor. If I'm being honest, and then. Ferguson beats Poirier, and then this is where, holy shit, we have Tony back at the top. Khabib comes back, and imagine him going against Ferguson, putting up and maybe getting 30-0 and 0 against this fucking this unicorn, this thing that he's been, you know, that the whole community's wanted to see for so long. They've tried to rebook it like five different times, and it just, it just never happens. Uh, people you know, speculate that COVID happened because they tried to book uh, Tony Ferguson and Khabib, and uh, to stop that, this is what happened. Weird stuff goes on. But I think that would be like my dream scenario for Khabib to come back. I I kind of want Khabib just to leave it alone. You like the number twenty nine? I mean, I'd, I honestly, for selfish reasons, I'd love to see the man fight. Of okay. course, he's incredible. Mm-hmm. But but he said he was going to retire, and. Most people don't actually keep that promise. Nobody. And to see someone like him keep that promise and then spend time to make that. He wants to make his own fighter organization that'll feed people into the UFC. I I think that'd be pretty cool to see him pull that off. But I'd love to see him get 30-0. But like you guys were kind of saying in your conversation, how do you realistically do that? It'd be a bit of a unicorn, you know? Do we need another feeder league for the UFC, if I'm being honest? Dude, well, not really. A lot of local circuits are kind of falling apart, though, too, because even Dana White's kind of referenced that, that, you know, with the contender series, that they're eventually going to start running it. Because, no, I mean, out here, no one's doing it, but in Europe, maybe in Abu Dhabi and like those type of places, they probably still are doing events. I absolutely want to see it. I believe that um, Khabib's region in the world is like the equivalent of what Brazil was for MMA maybe like 20 years ago, 15 years ago. Think about how much, think of your Hamzats or how many people with freaking H, Vs, and Vs in their names. <laughs> Hamzat trains out of, out of Switzerland. Everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you never know. Oh, my God. Jay, what, what, what's, what's he laughing at? 
He's laughing now. You said uh, his name, Hamza. No, because oh, Hamza right. Hamza trains with Alexander Gustafsson in Switzerland. He doesn't train out there in Russia. Oh well, whoops. But <laughs> what right. I'm trying to oh. make is there's a lot of really really good fighters that are coming from that part of the world, man. Okay. And yeah. I think if he created a league to like really nurture that and feed it into the UFC, it could do some good. Can I uh, reference something that they tried in the past and uh, it didn't work? Yes. They tried to go into China, right? And, and they granted that they have stuff in China, and they've produced one, maybe two, good fighters, and that's it. So they put all this money and these like resources to to want to go into mainland China. That, that that's the new hotbed for MMA. They literally have one, maybe two fighters that Dude. are good. And do you really think it's worth that? For you think about the amount of people in China. Well, the UFC wouldn't have to do anything. It would be Khabib. Khabib knows everybody. He's part of the community. I mean, they're already doing it anyway by getting people into the UFC that are really good. You know, like, it's, I think it's going to happen regardless, but I wouldn't mind seeing it. Well, I think it could be cool. Well, you got to think about um, AKA. They were just sending fighters from, you know, uh, Dagestan to AKA. I, I know Javier Mendez. Um, uh, was out there. He actually got a, a COVID vaccination while he was out there, and uh, he's working yeah. with the fighters out there to try to prep them to come t- uh, to America to to end up fighting the UFC. And obviously, uh, obviously not I didn't e- know that. Yeah, and not every fighter from Dagestan goes to AKA. I know some have ended up with like Mark Henry because um, that's where uh, Zabit. If I'm if I'm remembering correctly, that's how that's where he's from. Uh, but he ended up over w- w- at Mark Henry's gym out there in New Jersey. Um, so I, I just, I, I don't know. Cause maybe it's just, okay. Cause this is, this is what happens. Think about at, at some point, everybody's just going to get absorbed into the, to the UFC at, at some point. Cause even look at LFA and all these other organizations, they just end up getting bought by the UFC or get thrown on fight pass that honestly, I don't know anybody who watches that stuff. Fight pass or like LFA, like the smaller organizations, all the um, regional stuff on fight pass. I've 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 um, never talked to anybody. He's like, oh my god, I'm tuning in uh, to Fight Pass to go watch Titan FC. I think we <laughs> I think we all just wait. I haven't. I think we all just wait until they actually are good enough, or if it's somebody we know personally or have some sort of bond to. But it's like, like I think I, the only time you see stuff from those organizations is if someone does something really crazy, you know, and you see it like uh-huh. shared on Twitter and stuff. I mean, I feel like Twitter probably gets more people recognized in like mma than you know fight pass does that's fair like that ref who cradled the dude's head on his way down and like saved him after he got knocked out like that was in like a smaller league right yeah yeah but uh, am i the only one who uh, it's kind of like looking like way down like the line where uh maybe uh you know cable tv's gone UFC's deal with ESPN is up and they've trained all these fans to you know be on these streaming platforms and they're kind of like okay cool our deal with ESPN is up the relationship was awesome but now everything's just on fight pass is that why is that, that's why I think they still have fight pass around because they're thinking like really long term down the road where everything's just going to be in their bubble in their network or am I just crazy I don't think you're crazy yeah, I mean, it, I mean, they invested so much money into it. I don't see why not. But I mean, it, it 
kind of depends if they want to be recognized as like a major sport. Because imagine like if the NBA did something like that, you know, like would people tune in to the same extent? Probably, you know, but would it work for MMA specifically? It's kind of hard to say, you know. I, I think it would because what uh, what MMA has over every other major sport is that it's year round. They don't follow seasons versus the NBA and also NBA, MLB, NFL. These are all like North American stuff versus UFCs worldwide. Does that make sense? No, that I, I could see that. I think that actually makes all kinds of sense. Yeah. Cause I mean, I think kind of like what they're doing with ESPN. I think for right now, because the way we consume entertainment and media, a lot of organizations are kind of linking together for the time being, you know, mm-hmm. but I could see UFC getting big enough to have its own standalone product. Yeah. yeah. Like I WWE mean, has like the WWE network and you know, you have a subscription where you can watch all the pay-per-views and everything. I know it's not exactly the same, but they were able to kind of break off. I mean, they still have stuff on cable TV as well, but they I, have a lot of shows that are primarily on WWE uh, network, I'd, you know, I pay for it. I, w- I would absolutely pay for something like that. Same here. I, I feel like yeah. it, it would be a cool thing to see in the future, but uh, I, I, I'm not sure how it would be funded because obviously UFC is owned by uh, WME or right. WME. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's just like, I don't know how, if, if they'd want to fund something like that. Cause obviously there's uh so there's all these like moving parts when it comes to money. So I don't know. That's just me thinking about why yeah. they still keep fight pass around. Cause like when I look at fight pass, like I, I used to love fight pass for the fact that I could go and like look up any fight in the archive. It, it, it never really turned me on to want to watch the regional stuff. Like I, I preferred more of the original content and the giant fight library that they had. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you got to reflect back on the, you know, classics. I mean, or it's just that one time you're like, Oh, you know, if YouTube doesn't have it, you're like, oh, you know, you see an upcoming fighter and you're like, or like a fighter that you've, you know, fighting for the title again and things like that. You're like, oh, man, that guy had a hell of a fight on that. Let's, you know, let me go back and reflect on it. Things like that, which I think UFC's done really well with YouTube. They've been like posting free fights before leading up to things. And so I watch them again, like if I, especially if they're really good, you know, because it's just like gets you hyped up, gets you into it. So, yeah, yeah I'm all for it, too. It's a good move. So what about the main money flipping fight, man? Man, uh, I'm not a fan. Trailblazing play. I'm not a fan. Not and, a fan. And this is weird because I, I feel like I'm at this weird impasse. Like, am I becoming a jaded fan? I've like have all these questions for myself that I just don't know. Um, I'm not, by the way, because I, I love MMA. But when I and it's not because of the weight either, because like I loved Mighty Mouse when I would not miss a Mighty Mouse fight ever because he was so good. I'm a huge Ian McCall fan. Like I, I love that division. Henry Cejudo, such a great fighter. But when I look at Davis and Figueredo, I just I just don't care. I just don't care. Whoa. And yeah, no, I know. I don't know, man. He's pretty brutal. Hold on. So, I mean, and, and, and and it's just like. I don't. Maybe it's because well, when I look at him versus who was there before him, those guys didn't go out and lose. Those guys went out on top and 
uh, Demetrius uh, Johnson's about to fight for the title and one Henry Cejudo he went out on top he left because he wasn't getting paid properly it's like the, the, he didn't beat the guys uh, and, and I, I know it's not it's not his fault because he didn't have the opportunity to fight against Cejudo or uh, Demetrius Johnson but like he just didn't beat those guys and it, to, to me it, it just kind of when I look at the the division now I'm kind of like ah, those guys are cool whatever but like I just don't look at them as uh actually being that good because they never got to fight Cejudo or Demetrius. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like Cejudo, I mean, kind of left after getting the belt, you know, and because he didn't get the money, didn't really do too much with. Yeah, but I mean, that's like no excuse. I mean, if you want to yeah, figure the best in the world, but he, then you don't oh, want to defend your belt or do anything dude, with he, it. He he saved I mean, the division. He beat uh, Roided or not Roided. He beat uh, you know Dillashaw, who was on uh you know epo uh you know on peds so who you can't say anything bad against him. he beat demetrius johnson he came back with that rematch you know, with his new skill set and you know i honestly i wouldn't be mad if people scored it against suhudo but you know suhudo got it in the judges scorecards he beat demetrius johnson uh figueredo who'd he beat he beat uh a, and i hate saying this because i love joseph benavides but joseph benavides it's not the same guy who was fighting you know, when the division started. So it's just like, when I look at his like track record, I'm not that impressed. You make, oh, man, it's tough. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of just in the situation he is, but yeah, I mean, he's even called out for Henry, you know, Henry Cejudo. He's like, he's like, come back and fight then. If you, because I mean, this one thing Cejudo keeps bringing up, he's like, Oh, you're keeping my belt warm. And it's like, well, fucking, he's like saying, I want to fight you next. You know, I'm fighting these people now, but, you know, you come back and I'll show you that I was like I was meant to be champ. I mean, he only lost once in his entire career. He's 21. So, I mean, and if he comes around and turns around and beats someone, you know, the guy he's fighting is really good, too. It's not <laughs> like he's fighting a nobody. Like Brandon Moreno, he's a really talented guy as well. Nice. I mean, it's just not the, like the deepest division. But, I mean, like, he had a really good, like, I thought Brandon, you know, Royville was going to win that fight when um, he, Moreno and Royville fought. And, man, he did, he looked really clean, you know, did really good because I really thought Brandon was going to be the next one up, you know. I thought he, because especially we talked about it before, I think he was going to keep rising. And for, you know, him to lose and then Moreno step up and, you know, be willing to take this fight in a week. I think that's really cool, really telling of what kind of champion and what type of fighter he wants to be. You guys all make really, really good points. Um, I am Team Figueredo, dude. I, I mean, yes, Mighty Mouse is gone. Yes, uh, Suhudo's gone. Super valid, right? Absolutely. He never got, he never got to fight them, for sure. You know what I mean? Um, yet, anyway, the fights we have seen... He's horrifying, dude. He's straight up murdering these people. Like, yeah, you could ar- you could argue for sure that uh, Benavides is like a shell of himself or whatever. But, dude, he fucked him up like bad both times. And what really kind of made me – I already liked him after watching that. But his most recent fight, the way that he guillotined that guy – and the sequence that led up to it was nuts, dude. It was crazy. I don't know. I think he is extremely entertaining. I think he 
I don't think he. I don't think he's going to lose this weekend. I think he's going to just whoop on Brandon Moreno and finish him in devastating fashion, like he has been everybody else. And yeah, to answer the questions, you really got to see him fight Henry Cejudo, and I hope it happens. I would love to see that. Well, we're supposed to get Cody Garbrandt down there, but that that guy. He, I don't know. Oh, he well he I got think he beat Garbrandt too. Garbrandt got COVID, like, uh, like I think he got like really bad. Uh, I, I think I was. Yeah, listening. he's he's in oh, Wait, you're you're breaking he up. Still, he still hasn't recovered from it. Oh yeah, that's yeah. that's crazy. But I just, dude, I'm when I look at that flyweight division, I I just don't see anybody that's like I I think um I'm, I'm trying to figure out like the proper way to word this. It's like when I look at him, it's like how Ronda Rousey came to the UFC. She was just beating a bunch of people that just, uh, you know, weren't that skilled. <laughs> and okay, and I know the guys that he's fighting are, are skilled, but I'm uh, I'm trying to say that uh, there's there are guys out there who are higher level than what the UFC has in their flyweight division. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, it, it makes perfect sense. Here's a question I have for you. Okay. Okay. Flyweight. Super skilled. Obviously, everyone's kind of small. When is the last time you've seen a guy that just touches people at that weight and they go down? The way that figure that the way that Davison Figueroa or however you say his last name has been doing to people. Like he literally touched Benavidez like once and dropped him both fights. <laughs> I don't I don't recall a lot of people having that kind of power and the ability to submit people at that weight class. Demetrius Johnson it's, knocked out well, Benavidez. Well, remember? Okay, obviously Demetrius See, Johnson beat, is the freaking goat. <laughs> so I mean, it's like wait, wait, uh, Nate, you're breaking up. I was saying uh, Benavidez beat Cejudo. Yeah, but I'm yeah, that, I, that was like old Cejudo though. But I'm I'm talking about okay. Yeah. No, I, I was answering Jeff's question. Jeff Jeff was asking who has had knockout power like that and who was submitting people. We can't forget what my Demetrius Johnson. That's what I'm talking about. He remember knocked out uh, Joey B, and then uh, obviously TKO Henry Cejudo, and then who can forget that armbar on Ray Borg? Oh, that transition. Dude, that's the best submission I've ever dude, seen in my life. Insane. That Demetrius people and like um at the time people were like not high on Demetrius for some weird reason, but he was he was doing the thing. He was he was killing it, and like I just don't know like why he wasn't getting the rub that I think he deserved. Because when you look at his performance up until he lost uh, the belt to Cejudo, it was insane. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. And to settle our argument, we would have to see them fight, obviously, or have yeah. Cejudo fight Figueredo. It's but, never gonna happen. Which which bums me out because uh, Mighty Mouse said he's um, he's ending his career in one. He's never coming. He's not going anywhere. Like he's happy with his contract. Um, he has he, he didn't say how many fights he had left, but he basically said that this is his last stop. He's going to end his career in one. No, he's not going to entertain uh, going back to the UFC, uh, which is t- totally fine by me because UFC did him dirty. Uh, didn't didn't yeah, put didn't put respect on his name. Uh, and it's just like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe for, for, for me, I would like, um, you know, I'm not disrespecting Davidson Figueredo. I'm just not a fan. What I want to see is uh, the the division kind of grow and see these fighters coming up and actually uh, 
people um, actually put on these performances to prove that they are, uh, you know, top level competition. Because when when I look at the, the the people, I just I don't see anybody that stands out to me with like a great skill set. So I don't know. That's just my critique of that division, and it bums me out because I've never not liked that division up until uh, Cejudo left. Well, you're comparing people to Mighty Mouse and the guy who beat Mighty Mouse. You know what I mean? That's like that's hard to stack up against. But, but you, like I said, you make a good point. Yeah, but but isn't that what we want to see? Because uh, obviously, when we look at these, uh, you know, all the champions, uh, uh, we want to see the, the competition rise up, dethrone them, and then we want to see that same process. It, it, it's like it, it, it's it's kind of like you know dark when, when you think about it. Because obviously, like we're like fans of all these people, but that's what you want to see, right? Is the competition fight their way to the top, and you want to see the or see the champions lose because you want to, you want the best fighter at the top, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with that. I think if uh, Figueroa fights more, maybe eventually he fills that kind of a role. But he's got to prove himself. And yeah, I, I, I see your point. But I'm also high on Figueroa, man. I, I think he has been just insanely impressive. I think... And I don't know what else he could do aside from fight more people who are possibly better to like be held in high regard as a champion you know yeah i think it's like kind of rebuilding i think this is like how i mean it was about to be closed that division and so he's like that you know person to kind of bring this back into the you know limelight again and bring it back to that era of you know even if he just fights a but like just non-stop just fights multi you know if he fights enough people how are you going to question the guy you know well just look, yeah just look at but the people he's, he's early fighting. on Look at the people's fighting. I I I like to. I, I just I don't know. Maybe it's I'm not a God of War fan. I hate his hair. Um, and then it's just yeah. When I I'm 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 not even kidding. When I look at that division, I don't see like a whole lot of legit talent. Because like, hey, let's go up just one weight class. When you look one through fifteen, killers from top to bottom. When you look at five weight, you can't even go top five and say they're all killers. I mean, that's just proxy of it being such a small weight though you know well that, that's what i'm saying just go up one weight class 10 pounds because th- those guys oh, would you prefer to take rid of the division like the flyweight would you prefer them all to be at 135 if they got rid of the flyweights today i would not care but if it was back when there was uh, the other champions I, w- I i would actually care uh so that's my answer i i respect your dedication to Henry Cejudo and Demetrius Johnson. Yeah, I like definitely I like better than me. You know, <laughs> I, I think it's exciting, even if it's like, Pardon. even if it's like no name fighters. Um, fly, flyweight fights are almost always super entertaining. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's just a really good weight class in general. So, who are you guys picking? Are you guys going both Figueredo? I'm picking Figueredo, 100%. I think it's going to be Figueredo, but. Moreno's a interesting matchup, to be honest. I think uh, he's not like he might be a little fresh, but he he's had a pretty good run himself. He's a, like he, I mean, beat the hell out of Brandon Royville, which I didn't expect. So it gives me a little more um, hope that he might really put you know push the envelope in this fight. But I don't know. I think he's kind of fed to the wolves at the same time. Damn, you're, you're gonna disrespect your number one contender like that. 
Yeah. I, I, I honestly, yeah, I don't even think it's for this fight beforehand too. Like people wanted this guy instead of Alex Perez to begin with, like for Davis, you know. So I don't even think it's going to be close. <laughs> there you go. I'm putting respect on Brandon Moreno for sure. He's amazing, mm-hmm. but I think Figueredo just fucks him up. Okay. Uh, did, okay. Here's some interesting news. Uh, we didn't really talk about it, but um, did you guys know that they had a, a a backup fighter for the title fight just in case somebody fell out? I did not. Huh? Who is it? It, it? It's this guy. His name's uh, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right. It's uh, Manel Cape. I've only seen him fight once. He fought um and uh was it in Ryzen. He fought against Ian McCall and beat him. I don't even know who that is. Go check him out. He, he's a talented fighter. Uh, so I, I thought, and I didn't even know he like that's how I found out he was in the UFC because I saw a, a news article that um he was going to serve as a backup to the title fight, and I was like, holy shit, that's that's pretty crazy that he because you know think about coming in and being a backup and that could be your first fight ever in the UFC is a title fight at headlining a pay per view. That's insane. So uh, you should definitely go uh, uh, look into him. He's a uh, you know, pretty talented fighter. Yeah, he, he was fighting in Ryzen, but now he's in the UFC. Yeah, I'll check that out for sure. But okay, UFC 256, which is it, it's it's strange to me because there was uh, obviously so much hype around uh, the December 19th card, but I, I feel like uh, with the the fallout of the main event, like all the hype just kind of got pushed towards this pay per view, which is kind of funny in my opinion. Yeah, like people like Stephen Thompson, you know, Neil, um, Jeff Neal is pretty new for people, like you know, casuals wouldn't be too familiar with him, but it's a pretty good match. It'd be interesting to see where it goes, you know. I'm excited about it. Jose Aldo uh, coming back. That card, too. He's about to get knocked out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, I think I think Wonderboy beats uh, Jeff Neal. Oh. I think he's going to beat him by decision, just because I think Neil's going to have a hard time closing the distance on him. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be, it's going to look a lot like, I don't know what wonder boy does. He just kind of picks people apart and stays away from them. You know, I think it's going to be very much like that. Um, I'm excited about chaos Williams versus Ooh. Michael Pereira. Hell yeah. Or Peretta, however yeah. you say his name. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, hold on. Bro, hold on. Nate. Someone fucking named him chaos, bro. With a K and an H. That's his name name. That's insanity. Hold on real quick. And it makes sense. Sorry. Nate, Nate you sound like you're in like a bubble or something. Oh, uh, I don't know why. Let's see. What about now? Okay, good now. Sorry about that. But Okay. I think it was just a Wi-Fi calling. Sometimes it gets a little wonky. That is wonky, but great fight, Jeff. I, I was really excited that you brought that fight up because uh, before the, the main event uh, got pulled, this whole card was like, so hyped up because there's so many great fights that that fight dude chaos williams that dude's crazy his his last fight i was yeah. like oh my <laughs> god this dude is insane so <laughs> his, his placement on the card is great so I, i'm happy that there's gonna be more eyes on him uh and i'm i, I want to see him knock out this michael Pereira guy because i yeah. hate, i hate him so much dude fuck yeah i do i yeah <laughs> man i love to see that for sure i th- dude i think it's gonna happen i think Pereira, or I butcher his name. I think he's going to try and do some funky jump kicks, yeah, to like cartwheel weirdness, and is just going to get smashed for it. Or at least yeah, that's, that's what I hope. Chaos is going to rush in. 
Yeah, it's gonna be really exciting. We got Marlon on that too against Rob Font. There's a pretty, I mean, there's pretty good fights. They had the uh, Anthony Pettis, you know, versus Alex Morano, yeah. Mohammed versus Diego Lima. I mean, yeah, this is like it's a pretty decent card. I mean, even though like the headliner, I'd say maybe isn't the strongest. So, like overall, it's a really good card. You know, Marlon yeah, Rice. I like it. I, I'm I'm for sure the most excited for the Chaos Williams Pereira fight though. Yeah. yeah, it might be the best fight on the card if I'm being honest. Yeah, I agree. Because think about yeah, it's very unpredictable. Marlon Marais, big disappointment in the UFC, which makes me so sad. Yeah, he got he was pretty close too. Yeah, he had. Yeah, he's had some rough goes, but uh, I I honestly thought he would be champ by now because. Uh, him coming in from the World Series of Fighting, I was like, this guy's gonna be un- unstoppable. I like really enjoyed his his fights, but then it's just you know, obviously ran into a Sun Sao who's like, a hard go for everybody, but he he got that one back. But then, dude, that that's a Hudo fight. Like I thought he had Cejudo, but then he just made those adjustments, and th- th- that was a wild yeah, fight. Like, Jesus, it was, it was a fun fight, but it, it was so crazy how Cejudo was able to pull it back. Yep. Yeah, that that was incredible. Um, I personally thought he should have lost that Jose Aldo fight, um, dude. I like how I like how the UFC doesn't even treat it as if he won that fight. <laughs> yeah, that's they, they so just sad. Fucking gave Jose Jose Aldo to Peter Yan. Yeah, they're going. Oh, oh, I'm. Yeah, you you uh, lost to uh, Marlon Marais. But here's a title shot. You deserve it. Yeah. That that's like hey, a big, it's a big slap in the face. If I was Marlon, I'd be so fucking pissed. I, I hey, yeah, I'm I don't get how that worked out. I'm also the guy who thinks Max Holloway beat Volkanovski that last time. Hundred percent. Like him running back again. Hundred. It's I, dude. That's a hard yeah. sell. That's, Jamie that's, was so pissed. I remember when we watched it. He was just like, that makes no sense. Yeah. Dude, I was mad. Yeah. I wanted to quit like, the sport. I don't normally get emotional, but that shit fucking pissed me off. Dude, there, there's been a, a, there's been like three times, and two of them have included John Jones. I hate that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget. I was I, I I was living in Orange, and I remember I was I was in bed. I, I was uh you know there with a a a female that I, I was living with. Uh, and we were going to bed. We're you know just getting comfortable, and I was like, "Hey, this is a John Jones fight. Don't worry, it'll end in like the first or second round." So we're like getting comfortable. First round happens, and you're like, "Oh, this is actually a fight." The second round co- happens. We're like, "Oh, this is actually a fight." So we're like sitting up and we're watching the whole fight. I swear on my life, Gustafson won that first fight. So that was the first time I was like, "What the fuck is going on? This is so annoying. This is giving me shades of Machida versus Shogun one, and it was just pissing me off." So like, I was like, "This is uh, this is so annoying. This can't be where our sport's headed." And then fast forward, we, he gets fucking uh, you know lucky again against uh, Reyes. Reyes won that fight. Come on, guys, let's be honest. Yeah, no, I agree. Go back, go back and rewatch that. There's no way Ray has lost that fight. So I'm just like, okay, this is this is the worst. And then when Max Holloway, who came back and fought a great fight the second time against Volkanovski, I was just like, how did he lose that fight? These and it's just like, yeah. oh, I just want to pull my hair out. It just gets me so frustrated. They really yeah, got to that- change the judges, you know? Like I know they're saying like bringing in like ex fighters, like people that you know can recognize what is actually happening because you know a lot of times they get people that are boxing 
you know, judges and they bring them in and they, you know, they kind of use different, a different perspective when judging these fights. And I think that's, and, and then there's some that are just totally wrong, you know, where you get like the losing fighter gets like four, you know, like four out of the five rounds. And you're like, how the hell did that even happen? Dude, a good example of that is how somebody gave uh, Paul Felder. One of the judges said Paul Felder beat Rafael Dos Anjos when they fought. There was, yeah. there was a judge who gave it, uh, I think it was 40. Let me, let me look at it. Pull it up. It was 48-47 for Felder, and then the other two judges had 50-45 for Dos Anjos. Like, just yeah. the, no rhyme or reason for it whatsoever. Yeah, it makes, I don't know, that makes weird, no sense. Man. And I, I, and it, it's such a, it's another major issue when it comes to MMA. Like, what's the real problem? Is it the judges or is it the scoring system? Because both are very flawed, and nobody has a good answer for a solution. And and it is rough because you, you got to think about the fights are being sanctioned by these athletic commissions that are like, you know, these boxing commissions, and it's just. It's just so backwards. So I, I want to reform weight classes, but maybe we should fix judges and the scoring system first. Who knows? I don't know. It's just so frustrating to, to think about because I, I love the sport so much. I, I've i been like a serious fan since like UFC 100, I would say, because that was the first pay-per-view that I ever bought was UFC 100. So I've been like yeah. all, all in since then. And um, it, it, it's been hard sometimes because, yeah, when we watch fights, like there's no way Paul Felder won that fucking fight in any universe it's it's just easy to see so it's just frustrating when things like that happen and and it sucks for the fighters too because it's literally their careers on the line so when they get screwed out of a decision uh that changes like their whole trajectory their their money gets cut in half and it's just it's just so sad and it sucks yep but Anthony Pettis, I, I want to bring light back to um, this darkness because it, it is kind of sad, but I love Anthony Pettis. I'm happy to see him come back, especially on short notice, uh, coming to fight, um, like Nate mentioned earlier, Alex um, uh, Murano. Is that how you pronounce that? I, I don't want to butcher his name. Um, yeah, I think so. So that's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, I, th- yeah. I, I think I think he lost to Cowboy. Who? Pettis. Why? When, when Pettis and Cowboy fought. Cowboy? I, I think Cowboy did enough to beat him. <laughs> Interesting. Rewatch it. Seriously. I was very surprised at that. And that's a fight where it totally changed Cowboy's trajectory, you know? Which, yeah. obviously, he's old and has been kind of heading down anyway. But he, he just needs to stop. Yeah. Too bad. You know, it's funny. Is even when he would lose before, no one would question, you know, like his integrity, how he was as a fighter. Because he always kind of put his all. But lately, yeah, it's finally like kind of shifted where you know people are questioning if he should still even be involved. You know, still be that as active as he is. I think maybe if anything, he needs to take more time off, really get his wits about him, and then you know, give one more fight and kind of see how that goes. And you know, if he does bad again, just I think that would be, you know, where they call it. I could see him being in that group of people getting cut if I'm being honest cuz he hasn't won in a long time and when you look at him uh, place him in the lightweight or the welterweight he's he's not going to crack the top 10 Oh let me look yeah, at the top 10 it's possible 
And this sucks is I I've been watching Donald Cerrone since uh, WEC, so I like this is back when he was feuding with Jamie Varner. So I've seen him come a long way, and I I, I love Cowboy Cerrone, but I think I just think you know I'd rather see him stop than come out with a performance and get knocked out or TKO'd again or um, just submitted. It's just, like, is, it, is it worth it? Like I don't know. It, I, I just don't want to see it happen to him. I I could see him. Is he going to be champion? I don't think so. I could see him. In the top, in the top ten, I mean, he beat Ally Quinta, who it says here is ranked number ten. Okay. You know what I think would be a good fight? Cowboys Cerrone, Paul Felder. But why the fuck not? I don't know if they would fight each other just because uh, you know Felder used to train at the BMF Ranch. Um, oh, the um, boys! Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, because Felder used to be his sparring partner. I don't know. My. They might fight again, you know. Mike, they they've used that kind of storyline before, where you know ex training partners have fought, and especially if you're trying to maintain your position in, you know, the organization, I think you might be willing to take that, you know, leap. I don't know, like someone that you're very familiar with. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just because the fights that, aside from the Pettis one, the fights that Cowboy lost were just kind of like brutal stoppages against like Ferguson, Gaethje, and McGregor. And, you know, that could really change the trajectory of somebody's personal health, you know? But, I don't know, I like seeing him fight. I think UFC is going to factor in that he is a proven personality and that people will tune in to watch him. And I think sometimes they take more account of that than actual performance. Like, I could see a world where Mike Perry does not get cut, oh. even though you could argue that he should. That guy sucks. <laughs> that guy sucks. Yeah. And I did. I fucking hate. Like, he's like, you know, like he started making excuses about why he didn't make weight and things like that. Oh, and dude. just like, I was Before like, dude, you're fucking, you're in. the one eating fucking hamburgers and all this bullshit, you know? Go fuck yourself, yeah. man. That guy's so Before unprofessional. He should have taken Darren Till up on that offer to coach him. He would have made weight. He would have won that. He would have won that fight, and I wouldn't be trashing him. But. Yeah, we were, uh, we were, we were watching it, and we were hoping that we could get any kind of a glimpse of cornering advice that his girl could give him mm-hmm. in a fight where he's kind of like not doing so hot. But we weren't able to hear anything. I'm just saying. The cuts are going to be interesting. I think a guy like Cerrone, a guy like Perry, that are personalities and a lot of fans, for whatever reason, like, really like them. I think a guy like that is more likely to stay than other people. But I don't know. They got rid of Yoel Romero. That's kind of crazy. That's the soldier of God. They got rid of him. Dude, Nobody's safe. Wanted, but even Bellator didn't want to pick him up because of his age, you know? Because Bro. that's one thing. No, no, Imagine no, no. if he was no. a 43-year-old went into Bellator Dude. and wiped out their whole people and retired, you it's, know? He, it, he beats everybody besides Musasi in Bellator. It, it's not because of age. They Bellator, yeah. Bellator doesn't want to become a place for UFC cast-offs. So that's why they're like, okay, we're yep. kind of done with that business. We're gonna we're gonna do it uh, old school. We're going to what we do with Strike Force. We're gonna do that to build this promotion, Bellator. We're gonna stop taking these UC castoffs because that's not we what we want to be known for. Like, good luck. Well, go somewhere else. Did you see him sign Brumble? Here, well, 
hear me hear me out really quick about mm-hmm. Yoel Romero. He has the same manager as Paige Van Sant. Huh. I could see Yoel Romero going to bare knuckle oh, and just oh massacring God. people, dude. No. And what's what what I would love to see it. And what's crazy for Gay Jesus is dude, people forget that he won this crazy lawsuit against this supplement company and is already like a multimillionaire because of it. I don't think he's seen any money. So for that. he didn't, he didn't see any money for that. I'm pretty sure. He, I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah, he won. It was like a, it was like, a, it was like $2 million or something, but I'm pretty sure that the company went under that. He's not going to be able to get that money. What? Oh man. <laughs> I thought he was getting paid. No. Uh, Hell no. That. Well, maybe he, Hey, maybe he's got to go bare knuckle then. Uh, um, real, real quick, uh, yeah. Nate, you, you mentioned uh, Rumble Johnson. Uh, technically, he's not a UFC cast-off because uh, UFC and Rumble parted ways. It's he didn't get cut, so I think that's a little different versus uh, you know Yoel Romero. Yeah, but I mean, he's not like he's coming off the wins. You know what I mean? It's like, and he's been out for a bit. So I mean, it's more hoping that he performs the way that you expect him to. Which, you know, looking at him, he, he did bulk up pretty bad, you know, for bare knuckle. Like, you know, because he was working as this, uh, like, an advisor and, like, part of their, you know, leadership. And um, it'd be interesting to see because they want him to be at 205. They don't want him to be heavyweight. So it'd be interesting to see how he cuts that weight because he kind of struggled with weight cutting before, you know? Yeah, but if you look at... I think... Oh, wait, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I, uh, I... Go ahead, Jamie. Uh, I was going to say, if you look at the competition for uh, you know Johnson at the light heavyweight division, there's some good fights there for him uh, in, in Bellator, but I don't know. Yeah, I think he'd beat pretty much everyone, to be honest. Like, if he actually can cut the weight and, you know, because he has that power, he has, you know, I mean, no matter what, he has that power. So, I mean, I don't think, I mean, if he hit Corey Anderson with one of those hits, uh, he's going down, you know. Well, I'm curious to see if he still has it after being gone for so long because you got to realize yeah, the, that's true. the sport continues to grow while you're gone and how much training was he really putting in on his time off to grow as a fighter because, yeah, he, he had a, a ton of skills before he stopped, but if he kind of is at the same place, you know, yeah, he was highly skilled back then, but that shit catches up to people. I think he just has to make sure that his weight and his cardio is in check. I think... Um, a guy like that is just going to have natural power and just be able to knock people out anyway, no matter what. And he might not lose that. Yeah. He'll probably, obviously he'll have to train and get a lot of that sharpness back, especially with how big he was. Mm-hmm. But I could see him if, if he's even like 80% of the rumble that was sending, uh, people's teeth into the stratosphere, yeah. like he's just going to, kill people in bellator man i don't know that guy the the, the current champion uh, uh maybe not him that guy's scary <laughs> okay yeah, yeah. That guy fucked up Vader real bad that dude's but, nasty yeah that guy's that guy's super scary but fights leading up to that oh easy money i think he's just gonna easy decapitate, money. decapitate people dude easy money yeah it's gonna be pretty brutal Okay, but well, hey, it, it's, I'm good for Bellator. I kind of like that they're starting to get that, you know, recognition. At least starting to get some, you know, pretty big draws to themselves as well. Because, you know, competition always is a positive thing. 
I mean, it's really brings notice to the sport and it's what's really going to expand it, you know, get future stars, get more people, get more people money too, you know, because if they have more options, the better it is and the more competitive that, you know, these wages can be. Yep. I like, I like Bellator. And speaking of which, I think we haven't been hearing much about Michael Chandler because he's going to fight Gaethje. I have a very, yeah. that's kind of my hunch. I mean, that's the only thing that well, kind of makes it's sense. It's either him or Hooker, you know, is the only ones that are left. They're both interesting fights. I think he be. I think he would kind of probably roll through Hooker, but I think he would yeah. have a very hard time with Gaethje. I... Yeah, it'd be interesting. They're supposed to announce it because he already started training. Like, he already started the training camp for his first fight in the UFC. They just haven't announced who he's going to fight, so... I'm sure that maybe they might announce it tomorrow, you know, well, you know, during the, you know, Ferguson, you know, how they usually kind of mix something in between. Maybe then yeah. they'll actually announce the matchup. If he goes against Gaethje, it's Gaethje all day. dude. I, I absolutely agree. hundred percent. Cause I, I think back to Chandler's fight against, uh, uh, Brent, uh, Primus, Primus, whatever. And, yeah. You think about Gagey's leg kicks. Oh man, it, it, we're, we're going to see uh, another thing like that go down. Yeah, you you got to think Gagey. He's going to be coming back with a vengeance too. But dude, it makes you that Gagey. It makes you appreciate how fucking badass Khabib is, man. Good God. Uh, I don't know, man. Made it look easy, to be honest. Like I was really surprised. I expected a lot more out of Gagey. Not against him, you know. Like I'm. I mean. That that kind of pressure in a high stakes fight like that, I I mean, yep. who knows what kind of things are going through your head? But yeah, man, I mean, Khabib just steamrolled him. I I expected Gaethje to like connect more, kind of pressure him more, but yeah, I yep. don't know, you know, something just didn't click. It it just fucked me up that instead of immediately turning it into a wrestling match, Khabib just walked him down on the feet. Well, <laughs> you realize like the one thing that everybody said he shouldn't do is exactly what he did, and he got he was getting the better of it. It was crazy to me. Well, he, he couldn't really wrestle because he had a broken foot. Remember? Even crazier, man. Yeah, you know, that's what even makes it wilder that he still won with a broken foot, and he still made it look easy. It's like what would have happened if he wasn't injured? You know? Yeah. Yeah. The same thing. It, it's it's a trip because you, you you think about. Uh, what Khabib's doing to these guys, and it's like very like it reminds me of like Anderson Silva when guys would go in there, and he would just make them look just so normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And you know, now that we've seen more of Khabib, I feel like even though he lost, McGregor didn't do as bad as some of these other guys. Yeah, and took him to the no, fourth round. I mean, that's what they said. That was his toughest fight. And they still believe that still was going to be his toughest fight is McGregor. Yeah. And yeah, that, like his coach kinda, was saying. I was saying. Yeah, no, 100%. And people clown on McGregor for that loss. Yeah. Where I don't think you should be clowning him for that. And a lot of people forget, too, That's that was McGregor coming off of the Mayweather fight. And he wasn't even caring yeah. about MMA. He, he just came back and fought Khabib, wasn't taking things serious. So we saw what sure. happens when he kind of got back to his, you know, old shape and actually took things serious, how he fast he took out Cerrone, went in there and just pieced him up super nasty. So I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing him perform against Poirier, but I, I just think Poirier beats him. 
which uh, makes me Ooh. so sad because I, I I think McGregor beats I think McGregor beats him. Really? I, I think Poirier is going to get him. Who knows? Man, Fuck it. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see yeah, Poirier dude, win. So tough. Like, yeah. I honestly. Yeah. No. Sorry. Go. Go for I it. was going to say I'm down to see McGregor lose. I mean, I, I'm a McGregor kind of. I, I'm I'm a supporter and I fucking love the McGregor era, but he is already like set. He can lose and he's fine, right? He's already got all the money. He's got everything. He's been double champ, this and that. A guy like Poirier to get McGregor under his belt as a victory to get that back would just be monumental for his career, in my opinion. Yeah. And for that reason, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him win and kind of like really rise and get a lot more money from it. But I think it's going to look very similar to the last fight. You're crazy. You're crazy, dude. Get out of here. That's fine. Imagine he just starches him one hit. Not possible. McGregor just fucking flips I mean, him with the left maybe, hand. I don't think he's going to go in like that and fucking clip him inside of a round. But I think McGregor wins, and it's going to be decisive. I, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what kind of like style and pressure Poirier you know, fights because he's going to fight in a whole different mentality. And but man, McGregor, as much as you know, he's a controversial figure, especially in terms of like people questioning his skill. He's very, very smart in the ring. I mean, his IQ, yeah. his fight IQ is very high. You know what I mean? And so I can see him really looking into the last. I mean, because that's the thing, McGregor hasn't been as consistent. So you know, you can and, use that against him, but you can also say now he he has more footage on Poirier as well because Poirier's lost, you know, definitively yep. against a few people. And so you can look at what, you know, and you just uh, draw a game plan off of that. Agreed. And a key factor that I haven't heard uh, get brought up is the amount of damage they have taken in comparison to each other. Poirier has been in some insane wars where he's taken just a shitload of damage right mcgregor didn't didn't take i mean he got submitted by khabib didn't take serious like damage on the feet he got dropped kind of that one time and you could say against diaz he took damage obviously that was a crazy fight other than that he's pretty much unscathed where a guy like poirier has some miles on him poirier's only lost one fight at lightweight by getting knocked out. Well, but dude, look at the look at his fight against Gaethje. How much damage he took. That's fine. You can, like, you can heal from that. Look at the fight against Hooker. I'm I'm just saying stuff like that can add up. And I I, yeah, I mean see him win I wasn't expecting a cowboy to get pieced up from shoulder bumps from McGregor. You know what I mean? Because even that, yeah. like that, like those shoulder bumps alone bruised up his face. You were like, holy hell. I mean, he definitely bulked up a lot. McGregor is pretty like, in terms of size, I don't. It, he's massive now, like in terms of like muscle mass. Like he's yeah, definitely true. like grow some gains. So I mean, if he was really, if he could hit really hard before, I can see him hitting as you know, it's not harder now, you know. But the thing is, how much would his like if he got to the later rounds, would he be able to win? You know what I mean? Definitely not. And that's where yeah. Poirier could definitely because you got you like, got to think about control. And I Poirier lost. I agree. Poirier lost at featherweight because he was sucking down and you know damaging his body just to make weight. 
And now the roles are kind of reversed because you got to think about Poirier found, you know, the division where he's able to fill out his body versus now McGregor, who's the bigger guy. He has to cut down and, you know, make that struggle to get down to 155. So I I, I, I see the roles reversed. And I honestly feel like uh, Poirier is way more durable, has more skills than Connor because uh, Connor's like, a, you know, really great striker. But when you look at Poirier, better wrestling better submissions like I, I just don't see Poirier uh, you know losing this one to McGregor's rematch at lightweight Fuck. Oh, hey I oh. can't wait for the fight I love that McGregor yeah, is same. giving Poirier the opportunity to get it back I mean he honestly he didn't need to no, he, he doesn't even need to be fighting honestly but um let's let's find out man I'm excited okay. about it yeah Poirier wins Poirier wins and then that sets up the rubber match and then they do it again that they got to run it back for a third time. Yeah, because yeah, McGregor won't leave on the loss. Nick Diaz, uh, Nate Diaz, you can definitely walk away with since he won the last one, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't see if he loses the Poirier, I don't see him walking away still after losing to that. Okay, real quick, um, one more fight I, I want to bring up on that uh, December nineteenth card that we didn't talk about: heavyweight fight, Marcin Tybura versus Greg Hardy. Uh, that's going to be a really great fight. I, 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 I like Greg Hardy, but I, I don't see him uh, winning over Myson or excuse me, um, uh, Marson. <laughs> I'm totally messing up his name right Triple, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, honestly, it's the biggest go. jump to date for sure. Yeah, uh, like both coming off against a legit heavyweight. Both coming off wins, but uh, uh, Greg Hardy just beat Maurice Green and. Uh, Marcin Tybura just beat Ben Rothwell, so it's two different like levels. So I'm uh, worried about Greg Hardy. He's uh, you know proved that he is actually taking the sport serious. You know, training hard, he stuck around, but I, I don't think he's gonna have a, a good fight that night. Yeah, no, I I think Marcin's gonna win that too. I mean, Marcin, he's definitely been up and down, but he's definitely a lot more well-rounded and a lot more of a like MMA fighter at this point you know i think it might be a little too early for greg but who knows maybe uh greg can get lucky it's not like he can't you know knock him out is jeff still there yeah no i'm i'm absolutely here um yeah i'm in, i agree with you guys um i don't i don't really care for greg hardy too much um not yeah. even because of like everything outside of ufc and, and everything like that um he just i don't know I'm not usually too yeah, excited to watch It's not the fight. like the best dude, yeah. Yeah. It's not like he's shown that he's you know, he's gassed out in the first round of the fight, you know, he's did the whole he's had some controversy with some of his, you know, fights. So, I mean yeah, it's not like the best circumstances surrounding the guy, but eh, you know, we'll watch it, see how he does. Maybe, you know, it's interesting, especially yeah. from there's a lot of people in that position that probably would have buckled under all the shit that's told to him. And then, and you know, he's still trying to achieve his dreams. So, I mean, kudos to him, you know, will, will he ever become a champion? Probably not, but he's giving it a go. And he's making money. Good for him. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not hating on it. Okay. Last thing Nate mentions making money. I want to bring it all the way back to Floyd Mayweather announcing that he's going to, be having or he's going to be having an exhibition against logan paul i i have like mixed emotions i'm happy for both guys they get to go out and make a lot of money 
am I interested in this like from like the fight aspect? Not really, no, because we've seen what Floyd can do to these people who come in and do these exhibitions who aren't legit boxers. So the fight aspect, I'm not excited about it at all. Like I, I have no doubt that Floyd's going to win. I'm just here for the ride because I'm a fan of both guys. So I, I'm just excited to see the entertainment aspect. I'm I'm happy to see people who have no idea what boxing really is get wrapped up in this or see these boxing purists get pissed that the best boxer ever is coming uh or is going to do a, an exhibition against a youtuber quote unquote so I, i'm really looking forward to this it, it's gonna be a, a fun ride uh but i'm just curious like what are your guys' thoughts on it uh i'm cool with it man uh i don't get bothered by it at all um i honestly it's probably gonna do more numbers than like real boxing cards, if we're being honest. So hopefully there can be some actual fighters that end up on the undercard. Maybe that casuals who don't normally watch boxing can actually see and learn about, and maybe it could benefit the sport as a whole. But I mean, I just, I don't care. Like I'm, I'm going to steal it on the internet. Like I'm not going to pay for it. You know? Wow. Wow! Crack dreams. Keep that. <laughs> keep that, keep just, that under wraps, bro. <laughs> no, I don't want my CIA. Hey, you're being honest. Well, okay, no, that that's that's fair, but I just don't want my CIA agent tapping into yours, and the next thing you know, you hear you know a knock at your door, and it's uh, you know whoever your internet ser- service provider is, and they're just like, yo, like we gotta we gotta block your IP. You gotta go to jail. Come on, VPN you know? boy. Yeah. All right. All right. I mean, if that that technology might not even exist by the time the fight happens. I'm just speculating. What? The, the fights? Is the I fight in like February? <laughs> oh my God. The fight's in February, anyway, right? My thoughts on this fight. Let me, let me, right. let me freaking throw this in before we go on the banter. Honestly, like it's kind of like what Tyson said, you know, like they're doing these YouTubers are doing more for boxing than a lot of these actual boxers are doing. You know, there's a lot of pretentious, when it comes to like setting up boxing matches and you know what yep. i mean that sport you know a lot of people just kind of saw mma as the next wave and so when you still got this interest bubbling over you know boxing it's good you know it's good for the sport it's you know it's been kind of waning and superstars i mean they have people that are definitely notable and people recognize but i mean it's far in between in comparison to you know a lot of the other sports in, in comparison to what it once was, too, you know, because there was one time where boxing was just phenomenal. You know, it was the top tier. Yeah. And so, you know, like, for good for them, you know, like, whatever, like, make money. It's kind of interesting. The only thing I find interesting with it is Logan Paul. He's a big dude, you know, in comparison to Mayweather. Like, he weighs a lot more. Like, when, when he fought against KSI, he um, was, weren't they, like, at 180 or something like that? Like, pretty high up, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, but the weight thing doesn't really bother me. So I mean, McGregor was bigger. Look what happened. Well, that's what I'm saying. But like, it benefits Paul. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like the size can help him. You know, at least when McGregor and Mayweather fought, they were at the same weight. You know, and so I don't know if this is an exhibition where, if, you know, it just doesn't matter what the weight. You know, yeah, I don't know if they really specified what it's going to be. Dude. But you know, it's kind of like little wrinkles there where it's just. You could tell it's just for the money sake of it, but you know, if it brings attention, brings awareness to the sport, why not? You know, who cares? Yeah, I'm gonna watch it. 
I'll, dude, I'm <laughs> I'm down for the freak show aspect of it. There, th- dude, this is a work. Straight up, this is a work. On that la- on that last one, I had a better time watching Jake Paul steal Nate Robinson's soul than watching Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. Yeah, seriously, yeah, it's pretty funny. There's so many memes. I, I feel bad for that guy. Like he should not have <laughs> took dude, that fight. I was watching it real time. And after, because I thought that one was an exhibition too. So after they after they let him up, after the first knockdown, I'm like, dude, what the fuck are they doing? He's like legitimately <laughs> hurt. And the round ends. They go to round two. He gets knocked down again, and then they let him up again. Like, yeah, that was that was poor mind. choice by the ref. Yeah, like he got legitimately, like probably a, a year or two shaved off of his life, getting knocked out like that. Yeah, and I mean, face first. Yeah. it was entertaining, but I was waiting for Sang Sung to come out and go finish him and like yell him, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, dude, it was, it was brutal. Like, dude, and there's so like, there's still memes on it. Like it's still popping up. The funniest one, for, yeah. uh, no disrespect to him. The funniest one was like, damn, Nate Robinson's still on the map and they have like Tyson and freaking them still fight, have fighting, but they have like the body just hidden under the, the rails. <laughs> I just never Uh, want to see old guys box again. Like the Roy Jones Tyson fight. Anybody who says that that was fun or entertaining, I feel is a fucking liar. That that fight sucked. Yeah. Not yeah, not not even slightly. I've derived I mean, it was cool seeing Tyson like kind of go for it. You know what I mean? But I I wasn't super into it. I think it proves why like people, you know past a certain time just need to hang it up you know well i propose this if if they're really trying to go the freak show fight route let's do mike tyson fucking logan paul logan paul's kind of big he'll fight floyd mayweather <laughs> oh my god let's see mike tyson logan paul why not imagine oh logan paul's out here knocking out all these boxing legends <laughs> hey. oh my god that would be crazy though. fuck it 2020 dude let's go That'd be crazy. I don't know. I'm, I okay. I I, I don't want to see that. <laughs> I I wouldn't even want to entertain that. <laughs> like I'm I'm barely you know uh, like I'm a fan of Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather. That's why I'm tuning in. Uh, I'm not like the biggest Tyson fan, so it's just like if that happened, I'm like okay, I'll just watch the highlights. I'm not going to be stoked for it at all. I'm a, yeah. I'm absolutely a Tyson fan, but I don't know that fight eh, was was kind of whack. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no stakes involved, you know? So it's kind of like, I mean, that's always like the thing with boxing and MMA is always the pursuit, you know, of the top. And, you know, it's cool that he got the fight and show that he still has it. He doesn't have it. He, does, it he doesn't go? have it. Don't, don't say, you know? he, don't say he still has it. He doesn't have shit. <laughs> he has some speed. He has some, he still has he, some moves. You can't hold that against him. He definitely looked better in the, Roy Jones and he, yeah. that guy's a lot younger than him, you know. Obviously, it, it wasn't like vintage Tyson, but he was very obviously well trained and had gotten into really good shape, like for sure. Like he obviously prepared for it, and he he looked as good as he could considering the type of fight that Roy Jones was engaging in. You know, um, God, why are we analyzing this fight? 
<laughs> it's it, okay. Well, I, I just never want to see about it MMA, man. I never want to see, never want to see anything like that again. Please, this Legends League hey. talk, fuck no. Let it go. I'll say, I'll say this: MMA way sicker than boxing. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Anybody? Not even. Anybody wants to argue that can go to hell. You're a liar. Yeah, it just doesn't yeah. make sense. When you got like people that are just, you know, it's like the whole thing with the first UFC event where, you know, everyone expected the big guys to win, you know, the strong ones, but then you got some guy who was just, you know, taking them to the ground and submitting them. It was just a shock to people, you know? And that's how it is in real life. You never know what someone's going to pull out and do against you. And if they're actually trained in something specific, you know, that's what might be your undoing, no matter how strong you are. Well, the point of the UFC was, you know, which discipline was the best. And jujitsu uh, at that time proved to be uh, number one. And what, when, when you look at the aspect of mixed martial arts, uh, like I feel like the, the, the top um, discipline is, is wrestling. I, I feel like that's way more important than, uh, you know, boxing, jujitsu. Like if you don't know wrestling, you can get wrestle fucked and it doesn't matter if you're the best striker or the best jujitsu practitioner. If you don't know how to wrestle, it, nothing else matters. Yeah. Straight up. So MMA is way better than boxing. There, I said it, and I'll argue that till the day that I die. I'll, I'll say that MMA is better than every other sport. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's definitely the only one I really invest my time into, to be honest. It's not like anything against, you know, any of the major sports. I mean, I, I'm all for people liking what they like, you know? I, I love I love the passion. I love when people are very enthusiastic with what, you know, interests them. And I feel like that's very important. You know, there's different things of why baseball means more to others and, you know, vice versa. And, but for me, uh, in terms of, like, entertainment and really the unpredictability of it, I mean, MMA is always going to be on top. Yes. Yeah, I it, and dude, I I think it's even simpler than that. I look at it like this: seeing people kick a ball into a net, throw a ball through a basketball hoop, it's pretty badass, right? Scoring a touchdown—that's really cool. You know, it's way cooler than that: seeing people fucking scrap and beat the shit out of each other in a very yeah. artistic way. I mean, come on, this is way cooler. Yeah, man. That's like, why there's backyard fights. That's why people always group around in a school when a you know a fight breaks out. That's what people want to see. People and you know people don't break it up usually until someone gets to the point where it's like okay that guy lost you know because yeah, it's just dude. in our nature. Most most exciting part about a hockey game is when they start fighting for me at least. <laughs> that's yeah that's true for a lot of people. <laughs> MMA number one. Well, dude, this is this has been awesome. I fucking love talking to you guys about mixed martial arts. Uh, Jeff, like we always text during the events. Nate, I'm always, you know, we're always in communication when it comes to the events. So it's always fun to be able to come together and do these podcasts. Uh, A thing I want to do for 2021 is I want to do more of these because we only did a couple this year, uh, but I want to get serious about it. Uh, I'm in a, a better spot for the studio than I was previously. Uh, not a lot of people know, but I just moved, but. Now I just want to do these more frequently, uh, and uh, so that's a goal for 2021: more MMA podcasts. Yeah, I mean we're all for it. Let's do it. Yes, sir. All right. Well, before we go, is there anything you guys want to say 
or just shout out before we wrap up the last MMA podcast of the year? Um, you know, for me, I just want to say, you know, thanks to everyone who's, you know, listened, you know, throughout the year, supported my good friend, Jamie, you know, you know, like he's put a lot into this podcast, you know, his own podcast. And yeah, I just hope like when we move into 2021, you know, everything starts being a lot better for, you know, everyone. And, uh, I hope we can all watch fights and talk about it moving forward. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's been really cool, Jamie, seeing the ascent of your podcasting come to fruition and seeing a lot of the cool shit that you've been pulling off with it and how consistent you are with it. Um, I think there's going to be a lot more of that in 2021, and I'm glad that you let me contribute in this kind of a way and let me be kind of a part of it. I think that's pretty badass, man. Hell yeah. Well, Jeff, you've been a longtime friend, so I'm happy to to have you here. Uh, obviously, Nate, you and I, we're in communication all the time. So it, it, it's awesome to, to be able to sit here and talk to you guys about mixed martial arts. So you guys are you know along for the ride. I'm you know, going to take you guys with me. I'm, I'm stoked to have people that I can actually talk about MMA with consistently. So I appreciate you guys. Yeah. I mean, kudos to all of us, you know, <laughs> here's to a better year, man. If a motherfucker right. what alright well <laughs> for everybody that stuck around this long we appreciate you and we will be back sooner than you think so shout out to all of you for sticking around and supporting us and enjoy yourselves and be safe out there